Green light. Didn't fall on its face. Here we go. No, 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 no. Ah! Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Calore computer. It's time to drop your socks, grab your real-time clocks, and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Welcome to Coco Talk, episode 293. Today is a very special episode. Stay tuned for the end for details. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Hello, everybody, and condolences to everybody that showed up. (laughs) Oh, yes, it'll be a fine day. Oh, well, let's see. What do we do? I guess we start off with some panel intros, huh? Because we never even if, talked about a script at the beginning. I would swing order it. we're going to do anything. It's oh, not like anybody could tell the difference anyway. So Yeah, it, it, it always looks script? like it's unscripted. Yeah. <laughs> Secret <Let's>, it is. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. All right, let's see. Let's start at the top corner here. We got Marco. Hey, glad to be here. And Rick Uland. Likewise. Howdy, folks. Grant Leedy, who is now vertical. <laughs> hey, everybody. And L. Curtis Boyle. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's a special episode. And like he said during the teaser, stick around for the end, even after the outro. That's right. The after credits. There we go. That's yeah. the best part of the We're show. We're like the Marvel Universe. We're going to sneak in a little bit at the end there. All right. Next row, yours truly, your host. Uh, next over, the man with a garage, Ron Delvo. Hello. Welcome to the show. And next over, we have Sloopy. Greetings. And next up, the man with a switch, Jason Reichard. Switch indeed. Yeah. Switch and Dr. Pepper, undiluted, ready to go. Ooh. Darn, I thought you meant a mute switch. Darn. I'm just kidding. Thanks, Curtis. (laughs) And next up, the head of the Game On Challenge Selection Committee, Ken Waters. Hello. 
And next up, uh, Alan, Exile in Paradise. Oh, everyone, are you ready for today's show? I know you are. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bella Lugosi. Hold <laughs> <laughs> the string. Can creepy someone... David, that is creepy, is all I can say there. In um... some okay. misery. Hi, next over, Nick Marentes. Uh, good day, everyone. And let's see, next up, James Diffendaffer. Hello, I couldn't be anywhere else because the roads are mostly closed thanks to the blizzard. What blizzard? Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a, one of those blizzards with the candy or cookies in it. No, just get prepared. You think it's bad today, wait till Thursday of next week when it's 30 below zero. Yeah, that's where we're hitting next week, too. Geez, somebody I know has a, uh, has a uh, flight out that day. Maybe they do. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Next row. We have. Let's see here. I got to do this. We have. Nick Marotta. Huh. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> you sound <Hello>. startled, Nick. <laughs> sorry? Did we startle you? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes, we, we still have that up. clip. Yeah. <laughs> You came here, man. <laughs> and last but not least, David Ladd. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm sure you'll enjoy this episode. Please sit, stay a while, and enjoy the train wreck. I would have said last and loudest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Well, that takes care of the panel introductions. Um, let's see. We got a topic today, or do we have any project updates to start with? Or what are we doing next? What's the order? Coco stuff. <laughs> I would do project yeah. and updates and acquisitions next. Um, I don't. I don't have any personally myself. I'm starting to work on the 101 release of you. Use about the only thing, but I don't have a date of release or anything yet. Okay. Uh, let's see. Brian's not with us. Uh, Ron, you got anything today? No, but go and visit Ron's garage and take a look at the latest high-color images that I've posted. And where do we find Ron's garage? Uh, Ron's garage is in Facebook. Facebook. Okay. And All right. uh, there's other stuff to see. There's a... Um, uh, show us your tandy color computer. That's uh, a neat place to go and share your pictures from when uh, you first started using your cocoa, whether it's a year ago or back in the 80s when we first bought ours. That's neat. Cameras weren't invented yet when I first got into it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was done on stone tablets. Just like the Flintstones. Yeah. I, I do have one project update request, though, I want to ask uh, Mr. Ken Waters. Um, your series that you're currently doing for the Advent Christmas? Yep. Are you stopping on Christmas Day or are you going right through to New Year's? Just stopping on Christmas Day. Okay. Advent calendars always stop on Christmas Day. I don't have <laughs> But I just wanted to ask. So, yeah. Okay. And there's more. Now I'm getting into the Cocoa stuff on the, on that, so... 
Oh, good. Because you did have an MC10 one we'll be mentioning during the news, but. As we get closer to uh, Christmas, the the prizes in um, Advent calendars always got better. So ah, I have to leave the, the best, best for last is what you're telling me here. Exactly. Ah, good. Well, I, I just let everybody know I do have some Cocoa Fest updates now that I'm finally sitting back upright and recovering from my shoulder surgery. Uh, if everything goes as planned, we will be having vendor restoration opening up this, uh, hopefully this next uh, Sunday or Monday of this next week. So vendor, reg- uh, restoration? vendor registration, registration. Okay. I just said restoration. <laughs> <laughs> Only that didn't say restroom, I'm good. <laughs> so yeah, things will start to uh, be happening here pretty quickly now since I'm back up on uh upright and sitting in the chair again somewhat sober exactly yep. you've been oh. drugged out there before exactly uh, we should mention too it's at a new venue because i noticed a few people was that sorry that's my phone ken, ken. <laughs> i was gonna mention we I should, should mention because i saw a few people air. on the list were asking about uh the venue for coco fest and a few of them still thought it was at the old place and they were trying to find like you know i can't find a code at the hotel to register so if you want to remind people that's at a new venue, what the new venue is there, Grant? Yes, the uh, Holiday Inn and Carol Stream. Uh, and the code, I believe, is GCC, I believe it is. I have to look that up. What the, old, the old place Stream. was getting too small. So what what else is, was uh, held at this particular uh, hotel? What do you mean? Uh, previous events in the past that this uh, place hosted. At the Carol Stream? I have no idea. Maybe oh, okay. there was a Shriners convention. What is, <laughs> what is I mean, Carol Stream? Is it a town, city? Uh, is it an yes, avenue? It's, or? it's a city. Yeah, it's, it's a city. So I'm right there by the Wheaton University. Never heard of it. It's undistinguishable part of Chicago, just like all of the other Undistinguishable parts of Chicago. <laughs> That's where Chase Bank has this really, really big uh, payment center. <laughs> and it's not too far from the previous location, too, if I remember correctly, right? Right. So it's actually about... Uh, three to four miles to the east of the Heron Point location that we used to go to. So you get off the exact same exit. Instead of going west, you're going to go east, and it's right there. I don't know if Ken uh, Waters and I can make it, then the extra four miles might kill us. (laughs) That's too far to travel. That extra three or four miles, you might end up in West Virginia first. (laughs) Yeah, by accident. Maybe a a little side trip to New Mexico on the way. Yeah. What are we doing in Newfoundland? Yep, so it's a Holiday Inn uh, and Suites in Carroll Stream, Wheaton. So it's at 150 South Gary Avenue in Carroll Stream, Illinois. Now, Mikey in the chat, um, uh, he's asking uh, Michael Furman, uh, didn't they have the VCF Midwest at that hotel before? No, that's... no not this location, no. Oh, okay. That, that's kind of where I was thinking or something like that was held at that in the past. No, the one we had last year was a place they were in, but they were – had a bunch of construction actually that we had some pretty crap service in a few spots too so yeah yeah exactly so uh and um yeah it looks like eric hasn't updated the website so i need to get on that with him and make sure he gets the website but i believe it's gcc is the code so if anybody needs the actual phone number to reach out to him it's 630-665-3000 i will get the link here for the uh 
uh, to the Glenside's website, and I'll put it in the uh, yeah. chat there. And you guys have extended the days that the uh, discounted rates available for because some people are asking for like a long weekend too. Yep, it will be Thursday uh, through Sunday night, so or Monday morning. So if you'd like to leave on Monday morning, yep, or come in a day early, then you can actually get the cheaper rate for all the days instead of just a couple. Exactly. Yep, that was one thing I definitely made sure we got this time. So this new location, they're very, uh, they they uh, worked with us very very well. So that's good to hear. But yeah, I'll be uh, putting a lot of updates on the Glenside website here probably in the next week or two. And as soon as we uh, get Brandy uh, gets the final finishing post, uh, uh, touches on the website, then uh, the uh, vendors will be able to register at that time. So, And he said that should be ready by tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. Okay, cool. And one other thing, too, do book your hotel rooms uh, early because I did – Talked to the hotel here last week, and uh, they've actually had to add more rooms already to the block. So it's like we're already starting to book a little bit faster than they we had planned. So how many how many rooms do you guys have uh, kind of blocked off? Uh, <laughs> it goes by dates, uh, so we had to extend the Thursday and Mondays already. So so it's like a lot of people are staying coming on Thursday and leaving on Monday. So. We still have plenty of left, though, on the other days. We have 50 room blocks for the other days. Okay. I don't know. Ken, do you, do you want to stay at the hotel an extra day, or do you just want to, like, marathon it like we did last time and just not sleep? Well, we'll wait, we'll wait and uh, we'll discuss that after your Monday thing and decide what our yeah. actual plan is going to be, because <laughs> we're we're taking some side trips again. Yeah. No, really, where are you guys going? Me this time. We're two. Detroit? A couple places, which uh, we're, until we iron this out completely, I'm, I'm, we're not going to announce them yet. But uh, there's some cocoa ties there, so we'll definitely talk about it. They're going to they're going to Maine, Florida, and uh, and New Mexico on the way back, I believe. <laughs> Make it a loop. You forgot Peru and Brazil. Oh, yeah. We're going to attend the Brazil retro. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to, but yeah, that's a bit of a drive. Anybody else have any project updates or acquisitions? Uh, thanks for that, Grant. Uh, I know a few yeah. people in the, the list were missing some of that critical information. Yep, I'll get that website updated here this week, so be on the lookout for that. I, I got something I want to share real quick just for a short minute. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Ron. Uh, Is it a sh screen share or something you're yeah, showing in person? screen share. Okay. Uh, can't do it yet. Nope. Hang on. Okay. I can. Okay. Oh, nope, still. <clears throat> Host disabled participant screen sharing. Okay, hang on a second. Let me look at that. Uh, okay, go for it. Ah, here we go. N new okay. Zoom, got to find all the settings again. All right. So, <clears throat> what you're seeing is a picture of my uh, repack. Last uh, week, we talked about. Uh, one that um, that guy did, Adrian. Uh, Adrian, yeah, yeah, he didn't do it, but he he received no, he, one. Yeah, he received one and and went through it. And really, it was the same thing as what I did. I put a uh, black and white TV in a uh, DT1 case. It's a data terminal, and um, put a couple of drives in it in uh, uh, Coco One, my very first one, and it had a um, Mark Data keyboard that fit right in. Anyway, that's a picture of it, and. Um, I have something probably none of you guys have in relation to this machine. Um, 
later on, after I had it a while, I was carrying it from the house to the garage to put it in the garage for a while to make space. I tripped and fell and, oh, hit, no. and the case opened up and clamped onto my hand mm. and tore my, tore my skin open. And uh, I, I put the thing down on the ground. It was bleeding all over the place. I held my hand. I went in. I told my, my, my wife, I said, I think we have to go to the hospital. And she goes, why? And then I showed her my hand laid open. She goes, oh, my God. <laughs> so I have a cocoa injury that I'll take to my death. <laughs> Probably you still got a scar from that? Yes. Cocoa yes, hit I do on my hand. Yep. I had, oh, I had 30-some stitches. It was laid wide open on the inside of my hand. So, um, I, so when I, you say you put blood, sweat, and tears into your cocoa hobby, you're oh, not kidding. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, that's it, guys. Thanks. Hey, Mark, Mark B, I just sent you the link there for the uh, Cocoa Fest information. If you want to show that on the screen. Uh, okay, was that in the Zoom chat? Yeah. Well, I guess I can cut and paste that into the chat chat. Or yeah, you show it also on the screen too. So, so uh, the code I forgot is that I looked it up is G is in George, C is in Charlie, T is in Tom. So just G C T. Yep, G C T. Okay, so. And the cutoff to reserve rooms is going to be on March thirtieth. So. Okay. So I should know by then. Okay. Obviously, I hope. <laughs> so obviously I have proven that no matter how well planned out you schedule your deliveries, it will all show up in one week. So all I did this week was open boxes and check things in, except for um, the orchestra 90 thing we were working on, which I still haven't figured out how to make this fit properly. Um, but I think you can see Possibly. Uh, Nick's program over here says it's going to make a sine wave. And on the scope, I'll be dang, it made a sine wave. So, <laughs> so dang, Nick can program. Awesome. Doing exactly what it was supposed to do. I wish I could make this work. Um, so then I hooked up my, uh, I crammed it up. So then I hooked up my game machine, um, you know, the new speakers on and everything, decided, yeah, it needs a little more hardware yet. Great, Rick, you may want to hold a bit here. I think Mark's still trying to get that. Uh, Earl yeah, on here. So that's gonna, not, we don't have your z screen zoomed up to see it yet. Uh, oh, okay. All right, I'm gonna have to do that. Uh, <clears throat> on a break. Yeah. Well, I'm just. It's just my normal camera. Just... Yeah. Hold on. I gotta. I gotta now figure where to turn the stupid thing off. Okay. There we go. Um, Rick. 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 Yes. Where's Rick? There he is. There we go. Well. Oh, so I, I see. They've made Zoom a lot easier. With their eyes <laughs> yet. Yeah, right, they, right. they they have definitely done some things to Zoom. I've got to go find all the settings and set them back where we had them before. Okay. I've got to figure out why my window won't fit in my share screen anymore. It used to fit, but my fault. So anyway, the Orchestra 90 thing we were doing that was a horrible mess last time suddenly works perfectly. Um, here's Nick's program saying it's making sine waves. and Here's my scope saying, yep, that's what the heck he's doing. So really happy cool. about that. We're going to be moving on on that one. Um, so then I got the big head and tried my uh, new gaming machine. I put my 70 watt per channel speakers on the Coco and decided, eh, still need a little hardware. 
Um, huh. Tiny Tangaroo Down is a little brash. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's that was my thing of the week. So with those speakers, uh, whenever they actually hit, does your screen go wavy? No, they've uh, they've got some sophistication to them. There's there's a shit. So, yeah, because I remember I, I gossed my monitor and had like a circular <laughs> spot where I had the speaker. The green corner. You should share this that on uh, uh, show us your Tandy color computer. Oh, there you go. We got to get the, the sound thing going so we can hear it too. This is going to sound pretty awesome. That's good to see you and Nick are both making progress on that project. So, exactly. I've actually got one more, uh, well, another update coming for you, Rick. Um, I'm doing a complete change on how I do the sine waves in this next version. So um should be even even better quality next time. Sweet. Now, if we could just get the mail to keep up, would y'all be good? <laughs> <laughs> I sending something to Australia, just sending it. Without having ties on both ends and a business reason and all that is an incredible thing. Hmm. <laughs> you have to prove you're not a mad bomber and all this stuff. I think what he's saying, Nick, is that you have to move to uh, North America. <laughs> yeah, I had to invent a whole new thing with uh, um, samples and engineering samples and customs things for that and all that crap on Shopify just to make it easier in the future. Now I can just click and go and I don't have. Some people make good money out here uh, with sine waves. You know, they hold up that sign and wave it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else with any project updates and acquisitions? Going once, going twice, I would say no. Bam. So I guess we can go on to the game on results. Okie dokie. Oh, am I supposed to have something ready for that? You uh, hope so. It, it would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just distract everyone with your shirt, Ken. It's good. Okay. Good life. Mr. Q again. <laughs> All right. We're, we're, we'll give you a little bit of time here. You are watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly video podcast featuring a candy colored computer. We spread the love to the past, present, and future for all models the original color computer, the Coco 3, and the world-renowned exclusive French computer, Radio Shack. It's time for everyone's favorite segment. Who's new to Discord this week? Lone Star 69 says, Hello, I just got a Coco 2 and am restoring it. Looking for answers, thanks. My name is Tom. I have mostly retro consoles focusing on Atari. I primarily fix, restore, and mod them for my own pleasure. Doddle says, My name is Scott, I live in Bozeman, Montana. I started with a Timex Sinclair 1000 in 1982. Then Atari 600XL then Atari ST for 10 plus years. My retro platform of choice is the Mr. FPGA, I've always wanted to try the Coco 3 core as I ran dial-up BBSs, and interacted with Coco 3 users who were always telling me how awesome the Coco 3 was, 
So now looking forward to checking out Nitros 9. Ron K says. My name is Ron. I got started with a Kim 1, moved to a Model 1 TRS-80 and then the Coco. I still have a much modified Coco 1, several 3s and the Coco FPGA. I've been away from things for a while. Simtech says, Hi, I'm getting back into retro computing. Particularly with the RC 2014. I would like to become a member for historical purposes. My first name is Steven. Papa Turturum says, Hi, my name is John C., 32, male, Cleveland, Ohio area and I currently have a Coco 3 along with many other retro systems such as Intellivision, Odyssey 2, NES, SMS, Genesis, Coleco, some Apple and Atari computers, and many more. I love to collect and play games, use software on the systems. Not only do I like to collect and play, but also to talk. I run the Tekaji podcast, www.tekaji.me, for shameless self-promotion, this sort of felt like a dating profile. Ha ha. Mustache says, hello everyone, my name is John. I like tinkering with electronics and usually purchase broken vintage systems and try to repair them. I grew up using a Coco 3 and have many fond memories. Using these old systems takes me back to my childhood. I was watching a Rocky Hill video on YouTube and it looked like he had a reproduction Coco 3 motherboard. I wanted to learn more about the project and other cool things he is doing, so I joined the channel. Basim Shaman says, My name is Ananda. As a kid I got severely bitten by computing and very much enjoyed programming with an Atari and BASIC. But because I am not a solely technically inclined person, during adolescence, other things came on the foreground. I have decided to pick up my childhood passion again and try to turn it into some extra freelance income, I thought it would be good to continue where I left off, and begin with retro programming and work myself up from there. I love gaming so game dev is an ideal way I think to motivate myself to crunch through all the tech information. In Concreto I have some experience in web dev and notions of computer architecture, Linux admin, C, C++ and basic, so I do not start from absolute scratch. The previous bios were edited for time. Thanks to, Boys in Tech, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Nightbeard, Glenside Computer Club and the Coco Nation patrons for boosting the server. Please consider joining Discord and visiting the welcome section to read these bios in full and see what the community has to offer. Just go to discord.thecoconation.com. See y'all on Discord! Coco Talk would like to thank the patrons who sponsor our program, so our heartfelt gratitude goes out to Alan Huffman, Alan Murphy, Blair Ledoux, Brendan Donaghy, Brian Walsh, Brian Weasler, Karen Anscombe, D. Bruce Moore, Daddy Burrito, Diego, Eric Canales, Glenn Hewlett, Graham Vebke, Grant Leedy, Grant B., Henry Strickland, J-Style, Justin Larson, Ken Reichert, Malfunct, Melly, Mike Rayburn, O.G. Hugo, Rick Eulin, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Rob Inman, Rocky Hill, Stephen Wagner, Steve Batson, Terry Steen, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tim Thayer, Tom C., Tom Gunderson, Tom S., Tony C., and William Athing. Thank you ever so much, patrons.
welcome everybody to the Coco Nation Game On Results video. This week we played Robin Hood. We had a total of 17 participants. We had Mark B with 800, Gary M with 1100, David Craker 3900, Nine Finger Tom 4300. Tom C, 4772. Ed Rowe, 5876. Canadian Retro Things, 6974. Rich N, 7456. David Ladd, 8124. L. Curtis Boyle, 10,564. Mr. Dave, 6309, 10,736. Justin Larson, 11,610. Sabhead, 11,664. Shenley, 11,870. Jim Rye, 11,950. Buck Owens, 27,294. And the number one score this week was... Kieran with 27,956. Thank you everybody that played, and we will see you again in the new year. You know, I think uh, Tom C should have been ten finger Tom. No, I played five finger fillet for a while. <laughs> also, Ken, did you see Sixty's uh, comment in the chat there? Because somebody said it was time to uh, have a nap, or maybe you know, kind of not pay attention to the show. Goes, no, no, no. This is an important one segment oh. this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he knew he won barely. Buck, Buck, Buck came in late and, and gave him gave him some challenge. Yep. But I think Kieran had the advantage that this was a favorite game of his on the Dragon as a kid. So, yeah, because you get that score early on, and and yeah, know, Buck had to work his way up to it. All right. Well, first off, let's um, share something here from Buck Owens. Uh, that would be this one. That we get to see the uh, bonus round none of us saw during the live stream? <laughs> yep, because so few people are ever going to see it. Um, this is the bonus round coming up here. Um, this is Buck Owens playing. Yeah, I made it to this level, but I didn't get yeah. close to finishing it. So basically, it looks like this game has, including the bonus level, five levels, and then they start over just harder. So on the bonus level, you just have to catch a bunch of hearts. All of a sudden, it becomes from kind of like a, almost a Donkey Kong gang game to a Popeye game. Yeah. <laughs> or Sailor Man. Yeah, Sailor Man. And does it have any collard greens labeled S? <laughs> or big fat guy eating a sandwich? Right. So this is, yeah, this is the bonus screen, so... Just thought we better show that on the stream here because, uh, yeah. Um, well, none of us believed it really existed now until we saw this. So Yeah, this game was a decent game, except for the fact that, uh, yeah, it was one of those pixel-perfect jump games that get really annoying after a little while. <laughs> if it wasn't quite so pixel-perfect, it would have been probably, I think, uh, a bit more of an enjoyable game. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree. Uh, it's one of those famous, you know, you, the whole UK sense of video games. This is all their platforms, not just the Dragon. Yeah, uh, that that tended to be what they they went for. <clears throat> it's uh, a, a bit more difficult than it should be, I guess. It can, it could ramp up to something. 
you know, a little bit later on once you've kind of got through it, but you want to at least feel you have a chance. And uh, one thing about this game is that it was a value game. Uh, a second here, let me find it. There we go. This was a 199 pound uh, game. Yeah, that was only so like $5 US at the time. So that was yeah. cheap. So um, maybe even less. Yeah, basically this review just uh, kind of compares it to a game called The King. I don't know that game personally. Don- so. Donkey King renamed after they got in trouble for oh, the okay. copyright. Okay, so just compares it to how it's different than Donkey King. And then uh, the reviewer says that, uh, yeah, it's um, Robin is robbing nobody at pound ninety nine. The other thing I would have changed to make the game a little bit less frustrating is that um, if you died on a level, even if you've solved like nine tenths of it and you've got all the shapes, you got your key. If you died, yeah. you had to restart everything from scratch. You didn't have anything. So it probably would have been a little bit better if you could have at least picked up where you left off. and Yeah, like if items. you've already gotten the key, which often is the hardest part that um, don't make you do it again. <laughs> just make <laughs> even just start you at the bottom and make you go through all of it to get to the top again, but not do the little side direction to get the key. Yeah. yeah. So uh, but just... I mean, I, I I did improve as I was going. <clears throat> Obviously, Buck did too. And I, I saw some of the rest of us actually were starting to make it to the second screen, the third screen. So I think if you, you concentrated on it enough, I think you would eventually get pretty good at it. Yeah. So you um, can see here that um, on his, after he's gone through the bonus screen, all of a sudden there's another arrow. Yeah, you got two arrows at once instead of just the one. Yeah. So I'm assuming the later screens that already had two arrows probably have a third arrow on them. Now, as far as tips and tricks, um, I guess the the couple that I can think of is that uh, try jumping some of the platforms. It looks like you won't be able to make it, but you actually can, where you can yep. jump straight up or you can jump at an angle and then get up to a next level you didn't think you could reach. Uh, some of the bonus shapes, you can jump up and just tap them with your head without actually having to get on that platform, which will save you some time. Um, and I, when, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, actually, sometimes uh, when uh, you get across, like on this screen, when you get across to the key, rather than going through and jumping all of the things, it's easier to fall down to the level below and do and just run straight across rather than having to jump all the gaps. Yeah. So sometimes it's easier to fall down and go back up than it is to go back across the screen or something. Yeah. <clears throat> the other one, the little trick I found is if you're trying to grab a key or something when you're on that moving horizontal platform, is that if you just uh, get to your fairly close, you haven't quite reached it yet, jump, but you keep holding down the button, you'll land on the key and then immediately flip your joystick the other way. It's still holding it down and you, then you'll immediately jump back and you'll always make it onto the platform. So you have to do any timing thing really. That's helpful for what is it, level three, where you have to get the key to the side and then jump immediately yep. back onto the platform. I think there was a couple levels that actually helped. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. But once I figured that out, that that became much easier because I was trying to time the jump and then you know, not holding the button down. I would try to turn around, then jump, and half the time I wouldn't make it because the platform already bounced back and had gone too far. The other thing is uh, lead the boulders because a boulder will always, when he reaches the horizontal position on the top, when he reaches your horizontal position, it'll immediately drop it. So you can kind of like wander off to the side a little bit 
Yeah. To make him throw it further away from you. And then immediately, as soon as he drops it, you know, run over. And if you want, you can try to get him to drop something on the left side, like Buck just did there. And then he has to run all the way back to get another boulder. So that buys you some time where you don't have to worry about boulders. And I'm really itching if Buck or Sixie have any tips or tricks I can mention in the chat here. Because, I mean, they obviously blew the rest of us out of the water. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. (laughs) (laughs) But that's kind of cheating. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure they got some tips and tricks that we're not thinking of. Because, obviously, we would have had better scores if we did. Of course, there's a bit of a delay in the chat here. So we're just waiting to see if we have any response. Uh, Buck has one thing he mentioned here. Some pots, you will lose more points from the bonus time that you gain from g- than getting the pot. So in some cases, it's not even worth going for the the pots because if you have to wander all the way to the side of the screen that you don't really need to go for anything but that, the timer bonus you'll lose getting there and back is actually, you've lost more points doing that, yeah. getting the pot than collecting it. <laughs> Buck's pro tip, play Jumpman Jr. for 30 years prior to playing this. Jim Rye's tip is uh, be 15 years old again. (laughs) (laughs) Both impossible goals for me. Two very impractical solutions. And I played (laughs) Jumpman Jr. a lot. and I'm still not very good at this game. Yeah, I guess the closest equivalent to that in the code would be Cashman, and I played that quite a bit, and it didn't help me much either. But it's a a pretty good game. I mean, it's, it's not... I wouldn't put it up at a Donkey King level, but it does have like little musical bits. It has pretty decent sound effects throughout the game, to yeah. be honest. And actually for the cheap price, even though it's frustrating, it wouldn't be something that would be at all disappointing to have been picked No, up. I mean, for, for five bucks, I, that would, especially back then, I mean, especially here, I mean, games were, I mean, cassette games were 22, 25, 30, and some, you know, disc ones are up to like 40. Cartridge games were 40, to, you know, 30 to 50, depending on the cartridge. So that was a steal at five bucks for a yeah. decent quality game. That That's one I think that if they had sold it, say, through Tom Mix's Novasoft, you know, the cheaper thing, that probably would have done pretty well in North America. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do love our platformer games like that here. So, yep. And it had a good bit of variety, you know, five different screens if you include the bonus round. Yep. And yep, it's a pretty decent game. Oh, don't play it on a free-floating joystick either. (laughs) (laughs) That's hard. (laughs) I still don't see any tips from Sixy. Is he holding the cards close to his chest because he wants to make sure he he doesn't lose the title of the buck or what? I don't understand. Uh, He must be. (laughs) Or maybe maybe our review put him to sleep. He's like, "Ah, I knew all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I was thought he'd at least come in with a cheat poke or something. (laughs) Oh, we should drag. mention the pallet hacks. Yeah. Um, Mr. Dave did a pallet hack for this one. So actually, if you watch the beginning of my uh, results video, that was in the pallet hack. And Buck's video was in the regular um, original form, I guess you would call it. Yeah. And me, just to be different, I did a pallet hack later on during the live stream where I just changed one pallet manually myself. So just to give a black background, but I didn't change the rest of the colors. Uh, 60 says oh sorry eating dinner tip don't die and then uh, nah really you just have to get used to the levels that's true once you kind of figure out the little bits as you go there and some strategies then it's not too bad so here you can see the difference between kind of the original and the palette hacks yeah if that's mine that's in the original it's not quite original because so the border is white it should be green yeah but 
it's close. Like I said, later on, the only thing I did is I changed yellow to black and I left all the original colors. And I, it's a little bit brighter than the one that Dave did, but it's not as thematic, I guess, as his. That's uh, some of the people that only played it in the uh, palette hack thought that you're falling into lava at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess one thing to mention is that you, you don't take falling damage if you land on a platform. You can fall yeah. quite a long distance. As long but as if you, you don't sneak in the between... Boat. The platforms that hit the bottom of the screen, you are dead. Yeah, which is, it's the moat down there. So basically you drowned because apparently Robin Hood doesn't know how to swim. Yeah. At least not well, or it doesn't know how to dive. But I like, I like the little touches. Like it's, it's, they could have just had, you know, stones from the top of the screen falling, but they actually have the guy like wander off the screen, grab a boulder, come wandering onto the screen. Uh, just like Donkey King, when when you complete a level, he grabs the girl, hoists him over his shoulder, and she's yelling help as he runs across the screen. So yeah. it's got a, night, a lot of those little mice bits yeah, added it, on like Donkey King had. Or Donkey actually, King. for a budget game to have the little interludes like that is pretty good. Yeah. So obviously, I, I have to say the game did grow on me. It's it's still a little too yeah, difficult. It's, I, think, it's, um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the pixel perfect jumping games, but it is got a good, lot of good elements to it. Yeah. It's I'd say like, I'd find this less frustrating than Manic Miner. Oh, yeah. Even Jet Set Willie. Did the game grow like boss or rolled? Did you, uh, for the people on the panel here, uh, besides myself and Ken, because we kind of hogged the, the the talk about it here, what, what did you what did you guys think of it? Mark, you played it for a good couple hundred points. What did you think? Uh those are well earned points too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a uh, real. Uh, I thought it was real touchy getting the timing down to get uh, uh, do the jumps. Yep, I agree. I found that often the the joystick, um, like the pushing the the jump button, you had to learn the timing of it. It wasn't perfect. Like it wasn't perfect. Yeah, it almost seemed to lag a bit. Yeah. Yep. You had to you had to pre push the button to jump. That's why I was so ecstatic when I when I figured out that you know jumping off the horizontal moving platform to get the key, you could just hold it down, and that was the perfect timing to grab the key and immediately flip back the other way. Well, you I know, didn't you have could to have told us time. that during the live stream. Oh, well, <laughs> so, <laughs> I told you. So, so I ended up having to use keyboard because for some reason on VCC, my usual uh, gamepad wouldn't wouldn't work. It would jump, but it wouldn't move. Oh, really? I didn't have so, that problem with mine. So I ended up having to uh, go to the keyboard uh, joystick. Not, yeah, because the game officially, why. I think, is just joystick controls. There's no option for keyboard, right? Yeah, so it was the, the key, joystick emulation from the keyboard. Yes, that but worked. Curtis, this ain't your joystick, the uh, Paul Fiscarelli adapter converter. You betcha, the one that you can actually plug a Coco joystick into, so I actually know what I'm doing. Yes, that's one of the most useful devices. <laughs> I, I can't disagree with that at all. <laughs> that's that's a, a marvelous thing. The only problem I've had with his adapter is that he's using that little mini micro USB, whatever the heck it's called. And the first prototype he sent, just the act of me unplugging it, snapped it right off. Yeah, well, that's not his fault. That's no, Spark not. Funds. Spark Funds design. The surface mount micro USB connectors are 
Crap. Pain in the butt. You know how many of the cheap um, prepaid phones that have the micro USBs? I broke those connectors off of to charge them. So the new one he sent me there as a replacement. I just make sure I never unplug that cable. So uh, Mr. Dave says that uh, this game was not nearly as pixel perfect as uh, Downland. <laughs> or or Manic Miner. I mean, it is better. Yeah. It's more tolerant than those. But uh, a little bit too tolerant from what I guess we're used to in, in the North American market, probably, with a few exceptions. Now, if I, I can share my screen, I was going to show people what oh, the yeah. uh, cover artwork looked like for the cassette. Perfect. Unless you got it handy, Ken, you want to do it? I don't have it handy. I was actually going to show that, and then I forgot to download it. Oh, okay. Let me switch over. Because it's truly frightening. Are you, are you sure that's not Cuthbert? <laughs> well, it is it's, supposed it to be Cuthbert. Cuthbert. To me, it looks like Albert E. Newman from Mad Magazine going hunting. That's what all the Cuthbert uh, <laughs> characters look like on the dragon. It's that kid. Yeah. So I guess in technically this is a Cuthbert game. <laughs> yeah, and again, Pocket Money Software actually was the uh, the cheap software subsidiary of Microdeal, which is like the you know dragon software house and uh it's kind of like the same thing that tom mix did with novasoft they had this separately named division that sold cheaper titles now they didn't get as cheap as this i mean novasoft would still stuff for like five to ten dollars off the normal i don't know what normal games cost on the uh dragon for micro deal but like we when we translate i think back in this time like a, a pound was about two two and a half dollars us so two pounds would have been four to five dollars which is dirt cheap yeah So I have to say they got better deals on the, some of the software in the UK than they ever did here. <laughs> yeah. And Ken and I won't even mention what Canadian prices were back then when we had a 69 cent dollar. So, <laughs> Oh God. Well, luckily I was young enough that my parents had to buy everything for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So for the uh, live stream, which I was showing earlier there, um, we had, I think, up to four players playing at once and a few people in chatting. So uh, by the end of it, most of us had uh, branched off to playing different games. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which is perfectly fine. If that's what you want to do, come on the live stream and not play the uh, game that we're playing that week. But any old Coco game will do. And in fact, when we come back in the new year under the new show name, there's be some changes to the game on challenge where you can actually do a couple games officially Absolutely. this week. If, Ken, if you want to explain how that works and so, when it starts. Starting with actually um, a little bit of today's announcement uh, for the new games will incorporate this, but I'll be announcing a new game in the new year every week, but each game will last for two weeks. So there'll basically be two games going on at once at all times. So, you can choose between the games. If there's one that you like more than the other, play it for the full two weeks. If there's one that really sucks, play it once, get your score in, and move on to the other game. So so we're doing Leapfrog with the games now. Yes, we're yeah. going to. So that I'm, gives you a chance on the. Or really you might good be doing games. a Jumpin' Joey instead of a Leapfrog. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so ready, I'm ready for the week, the week that we have color scripts at and color scripts at two at the same time. 
oh, I don't know if we could handle that much cocoa goodness. <laughs> I don't know. I'd mix it up with handyman first. Otherwise, what are you going to put into your word processor <laughs> document? You got to talk about the house editions you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm not sure. Uh, Sloopy, are you on the call? He was earlier. Uh, I was just going to find He's still connected. He's got the Joey uh, yeah, box. I see that. I was just wondering if he was there because I wanted that's, to That's a non-paid promotion, I think, is what yeah. that is. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, maybe it's paid. Oh, could be. Ooh. He might have fell, fallen asleep. <clears throat> I just wanted to find out if uh, we actually know um, over the next few weeks what we're going to be doing with the live Game On show. But, are you are you capable of hosting it yourself, Ken? If uh, Slippy's unavailable, uh, usually right. Jim Rye does the hosting, or I, Mark can do it. My computer tends to. Uh, I could probably host it, but I don't think I can play the game at the same time. <laughs> it takes too much CPU power <laughs> for my computer. So it sounds like between Sloopy or or Jim, and Jim's yeah. in the chat. He can let us know if that works for him. Uh, if you guys want to kind of carry over and do some live ones here before Christmas hits. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't really discussed it, but um, we can continue doing it weekly here for the next couple of weeks. Jim says we'll run it, so he's he's officially on board. All right. Well, then I guess we're not going to take a break in the uh, gaming. Did you guys want to break nights. even between Christmas and New Year's? So at least you have some time off. Or... Dude, that just means we'll forget what the heck we're doing. We'll just see. Um, I think we'll Mark, have to don't play we do that every ear. week anyway? <laughs> we'll probably just have to play it by ear. I think one of us will probably be around that would be able to stream it. I could even maybe try streaming it if nobody else is around. I mean, every day is a new day. Well, we could have Grant stream it. I'm not, I'm not that <laughs> fond of Grant's live streams. Well, those are the streams we're going to have to put in the disclaimer. Don't cross <laughs> yeah. the streams. <laughs> really? really? All right. Well, who would like to find out what we're going to play over Christmas? Not me. No, I'm just kidding. No, Go ahead. I don't, I'm not interested. <laughs> Sorry. The Sierra. We demo. already heard it's not scripts it, Jason. So, like, what do we care? Right. <laughs> All right. So, the first one I am going to share right here. Curtis, you oh, I just—I literally just added, added that one to the site. <laughs> yeah, you did. If anybody knows this game, other than Curtis, because I know he knows it, it I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's a clone of an arcade game done by Atari that was a color vector game in the arcades. Gravitar. Look at that. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding! And give the man the, a prize in the. In the chat, Buck Owen said, ooh, a Gravatar-like. Yeah, it doesn't do the zooming effects because it's not, you know, vectored, but he does have, you know, the multiple screens, and it's it's difficult. I was playing it. It's and very it's, difficult. I, yeah, it, the, the key repeat is too fast, so if you just tap a key to, like, rotate your ship to this, like, asteroids as far as the controls go, you, you can spin, like, you know, half a revolution in a tenth of a second, so it's pretty fussy. So have fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you thought it was pixel perfect for Robin Hood. Wait, do you try this? <laughs> and the second game for over Christmas. Uh, let me just see here. 
is an absolute staple of the color computer, a classic game. Um, Labyrinth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a Calabas. <laughs> Dungeons oh, of Dagoreth. Dungeons of Dagoreth. So as far as the gameplay, I mean, there's no score in yeah, that. Yeah, there's so. no score. So that one is a participation game. Just download a screenshot of something you thought looked really cool in it, um, a monster or something. and uh, Or what level you got to, maybe? What like level you, can, you got to, you know. Because the that, colors alternate. It'll be on a black background for levels one, three, and yeah. five. It'll be on a white background for two and four. But the monsters will get more advanced as you go. So you can kind of prove what level you made it to. Yeah. Isn't so, there a 3D version of this done by that uh, guy in England? What Ben? One in development. No, they got the the guy we've had on here that uh, takes. Yeah, he's doing the uh, VR. Yeah, um, version of it. Oh, no, he, he did Phantom Slayer. He was working. At, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say one thing. I do want to say about Dungeons of Dagrath is that in the archive there is a version that has the shield fix in it, which it's a little bit easier to play if you have the shield fix. Also, is the PC version still on? Because there's a Windows version of this for those who want to try it on a native Windows environment. There's a lot of versions of this out there. So. Yeah, I think there's even a phone version or two. <laughs> Alan in the chat, I don't know why he just doesn't say it on the air since he's on the show, but he says, why did you submit a completely empty screen? I died after my last torch went out. <laughs> Absolutely true. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I know this is a game that Boat and Aaron were not that fond of because I think it's too hard. It's not pixel perfect, but it requires good typing skills. Uh, does it really? It, it actually, the, the, I will give out one hint right now. Carry your weapon in your left hand. Yeah. And then just roll. And then you can A L, um, A space L enter to attack rather than. The right, which the R key is way further away than from the enter key. So it's a lot quicker to type attack left than it is to do attack right. So yeah. Ironically and enough, back in the day I didn't think of that. So I did I didn't I did not either. Until... And that's the only time I've won the game with the AR. And 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 also the way the keyboard polling is, it's got a buffer, so you can also yeah. cue your commands. Yeah. So you can type really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yep it, 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 it keeps your keys ahead i can't remember how far ahead it goes how big the buffer is but it's it's like os9 where you can type ahead while it's busy updating the screen or playing sounds or whatever or you can get a SciTech programmable macro keyboard and put all those little macros on a little button pad kind of like a stream deck and then you just hit the button and it does the al or ar for you doesn't you know, dagger patch do that too i believe it does yeah so you can even do that natively on the coco and then william astle's done a fair bit of work on his assemblies and stuff of it too. Anyway, that is a classic game, though. I know Boat and Aaron did not like it that much, but uh, they're just wrong on that one. Yeah, they're yeah, wrong. they're completely wrong. This yeah, is just, the, it was one of the very first games I had for my Coco, and still one of my favorites. I think they have yeah. too much Amiga brain rot or something. Yeah, yeah, they're used to inferior games. Like you know, they think you know if it has parallax, it's good. It's definitely one to crank the sound up and turn the lights down too, because the yep. the the sounds in it are one of the things that are really good. And it was so far ahead of its time. I mean, the 3D wireframe we'd seen in a Calabeth and Ultima and Wizardry and a few others that it came up between 79 to 82 when, you know, Dagger got released near the end of 82, beginning of 83. 
but the, the sound effects actually where you have unique sounding monsters and they get louder the closer they are to you. And since you don't have stereo for directional, you don't know what direction they're coming from, which is probably more realistic, I guess, in some ways, if you're in a deep, dark dungeon somewhere. It's so you can just hear them getting louder, you. and all of a sudden you hear a new new sound, like you're hearing, ah, oh, here comes the spider, blip, 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 and all of a sudden you hear a roar or something like that. Oh, God, it's a troll now. Now I'm, I'm a bit worried. Thing. And the heartbeat, your own heartbeat tends to mirror it fairly well. They should use this for medical testing. <laughs> and the lighting going out works really well, too, because yep. if you lose a torch and then you have to run around and find where you left the last one dropped that you couldn't carry it for a while. So also, if you run full long head into a wall repeatedly, you will pass out just like real life. Yep. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> oh, it does explain a lot, doesn't it? Especially from you Canadians. <laughs> okay. And then, um, so those two games are going to go till our first show back in the new year, which I believe is the seventh. Correct. And then uh, this next game is our overlapping game, which will go a week longer. And it's Coco Bon, but it is not exactly just playing Coco Ban. Um, my thought that I've had about this is that uh, play it and get through as much of it as you can, but then des start designing your own levels and uh, post them for everybody to try. And there's actually a... Um, channel in just below the uh, Game On Challenge, uh, the Cocoban and New Levels channel. So you can post your new levels that you design in there and we can all try them. And uh, one of the things that we'll do in the last week, or the first week back, is uh, you know, kind of vote on which who likes which levels the most. And, and, yeah, uh, I, I've actually talked to Paul Thayer about this. He's pretty excited to see what people come up with because that's one of the reasons he included yeah. the editor. I know Buck Owens has created a few since he's actually won the game. Um, so have he, a lot of fun with it. Um, it, they, it doesn't have to be really complicated levels. It could be levels that just look really cool, easy to beat, but look really cool. Or, you know, levels that uh, are just annoyingly long-winded of uh, how to solve them easy, but take a really long time to move everything around. Or something like that, you know? Yeah. And Paul is available on our Discord. So if you have any questions on using the editor. Yeah. Because um, some of it you kind of have to figure out because it's all icon based, but without any text. So sometimes you might not exactly know what an icon does. I will mention the editor on the left hand side of the screen has a bunch of the sort of command icons you can do, like clear the level out and move stuff around, etc. The right hand is a selection of tiles. And that's got two little scroll arrows at the top of the bottom because there's like several screens worth of tiles you can pick from. So. And uh, John Schaller just joined us from yeah, uh, so the now, now And I, I should mention their next game uh, that they're going to be recording in January is also Coco Bond. So they'll be getting some experience with it as well. So, yeah, um, have fun with that. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. Now John will tell us how much he loved Dungeons of Dagrath. Worst game ever. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why you're wrong, John. Burn the heretic. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played Nightmare Highway? <laughs> Second worst game ever. <laughs> May, Jason, make sure to pass it along to Ken for us there. <laughs> oh, believe me, I will if he's not watching. <laughs> anyway, John, you're actually on here for a special announcement, and uh, you were busy at the beginning of the show, so this is perfect because we're literally just ending the Game on Challenge segment. So, Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Good well, timing. I 
I am here, I apologize for being late, but I'm here to, of course, just bask in the glory of the nation, uh, but also uh, to uh, announce uh, our um, our Vintage Computer Festival here in West Virginia, Boat Fest 2023 is uh is 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 going to happen so uh if it you don't care i'll i'll share my screen um as such there we go yep. um and so uh boat fest is going to take place in downtown lovely hurricane west virginia june 23rd to 25th in the copper room which is the banquet hall above o'connelly's irish pub on in downtown main street uh so uh, now, what is Boat Fest? Well, Boat Fest is basically an excuse for everybody to get together, uh, bring their old computers, set them up, and uh, sit around for two days, talk, uh, enjoy festivities, uh, and uh, and just kind of celebrate, you know, retro computing as a hobby. Um, you know, our tagline this year, as you can see, this is a takeoff on the uh, the Woodstock poster, three days of peace and micros. Uh, you know, there's a lot to uh, be depressed about in the world these days. So we're, we want this to be a positive, uplifting experience for everybody. Uh, tickets are available now at boatfest.info. Uh, they are $30 for a weekend pass. Uh, it's going to start on Friday and it's going to run through Sunday. Um, and uh, there's going to be uh, trivia contests. Uh, the crew from Retro Rewind is going to be there. They're going to be doing live repairs on site. So you can bring any broken machinery you may have, and, and they will uh, they will fix it for you. Uh, you can, including cocos, uh, we should mention. Yeah, including including cocos. You know, the cocoa is a big part of Retro Rewind's uh, business. Um, and uh, there's going to be live podcast recordings of all the Amigos shows. Uh, we might be able to cajole Frank into doing another sort of uh, you know repair workshop. Last week he did a big talk on like the worst jobs he's ever seen that he's had to deal with. Um, that was really entertaining. Uh, and it's like I said, but the, most of all, it's just a chance to get together with uh, like-minded people. I don't know about you guys, but the amount of retro computer enthusiasts just uh, within my general reach is small. So we all kind of have to gather together. And if you are located anywhere in the sort of mid-Atlantic uh, area, uh, last year we had, of course, folks from Oklahoma, um, where we had uh, the Canadian contingent came down. This year we have confirmed people that are flying in from Australia uh various places maybe even some finland action so uh tickets are available they are going fast though we have limited seating because of fire marshal requirements we can fit 70 people in this room uh we've sold about 20 percent of the available tickets uh and so if you want to get on board i advise you to buy your tickets sooner than later because we can't just let extra people in they will shut us down yeah, and I want to kind of emphasize this is not just home computers. This is home video game consoles as well, too. So this that's is right. The that's home. right. So I'll just kind of you know as we're as we're talking about this, I'll I'll, I'll play a uh, a brief sort of or a uh, a video that uh, one of the guys at Boat Fest took last year, Petzl. Um, he uh, he took this, and it's it's basically like I said, you know, it's a chance to uh, to just hang out, watch some podcasts get made. There's Jeopardy, Boat Fest Jeopardy, with uh, wonderful prizes. Uh, lots of wacky stuff like 48k Ram brought his eight player Atari uh, eight bit uh, gimmick. And so there was a, an eight player version of Frogger uh, that, that they were playing. That's really cool. So, uh, yeah. Um, anybody have any questions about BoFest? 
It was a lot of fun when I when I went last year. So and big thanks to Frank for getting me down there. So I would highly recommend it, especially if you're into game playing, because it's it's probably a bit more game oriented than than the the you know operating systems and stuff like that. But yeah. a lot of fun. And you get to play all kinds of platforms you may never have seen as a kid. I got to play a Vectrix for the first time in probably 35 years myself. I haven't seen any around my area in decades. And I got to play with one actually actually after Frank fixed it. Um and some other games. What was the game on the spectrum? That was that was actually oh, kind of that fun was too. Trash Man. Trash Man Revisited was the high score challenge on the uh, on the the um, the spectrum. We had a couple high score challenges, of course. Um, Timber is it Timber Man? Is that the name? Timber Man. Yep. Yeah, Timber Man was the Coco game challenge, which had a tie, so we had to add another game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the tiebreaker game? I can't remember. Ghost Rush. That's right, Ghost Rush. Ghost Rush, so. which almost which tied again. So then you had to kind of. <laughs> <laughs> make a decision yeah there were, there was an executive decision involved but uh <laughs> but yeah it was a good time so i hope any of you all that are local or even not so local consider coming out to uh boat fest this year and uh we'd love to have more of a tandy um a tandy uh contingent this year you know cool. <clears throat> you would think you would have some boat somewhere on there or a boat of car somewhere on there well, it's it's funny because um, the the mayor of Hurricane um, was the one that I originally sold on this idea. He's the one that kind of hooked us up with this room above the Irish pub. And uh, I didn't tell him what it was called. I was like, we're just going to do a, a, a retro computer show. And he's like, that sounds great. I used to have an Atari 1200XL. I was like, you are the man, sir. And so um, he uh, then the next day when I put up this ad and I tagged him on Facebook, he called me. He's like, where are the boats? <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> perfect. There's a story behind that. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, if you're if you're coming looking for boats, you're going to be disappointed. Although I have heard some of our beloved machines referred to as boat anchors before. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys doing the uh, the extracurricular activity like the Mothman tour and stuff again this year? Or? We plan on doing something special like that on Sunday. We're, a couple things we're considering is there is a local uh, radio and television museum nearby that might be interesting for some people taking some taking a caravan down that way. Um, we we really haven't uh, we haven't planned all of the events out yet, but uh, there will be something something extracurricular. There's also a nice barcade nearby that we might we might make a run to also. I see your your partner in crime there, Aaron. You mentioned uh, since the mayor will be there, it'll be hard to sneak extra people into the room, which is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, I, it was a lot of fun. I have to say it's, it's uh that was, that was a blast last time. So I would highly recommend anybody that's anywhere near that area. And how far is it from Chicago to, cause it we kind of took a roundabout about, way. So I can't remember. It's eight hours. I drive to Chicago usually once a year for a big band director clinic and it takes me about eight hours to get there. So uh, it's not the it's not the shortest drive in the world, but it's definitely you know it's just a full day's drive away, as they might be giants say. Yeah, eight hours day. isn't a full day. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's like a morning <laughs> for those drive. Of you vet- for those of you who are veterans of the road, that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the next city over for me. Is eight hours. Yeah. All right. So. That's the pitch. That is BoatFest. Curtis and uh, crew, thank you so much for letting me part be part of the uh, the nation and for letting me uh, talk about BoatFest. I might come on, you know, in in uh, you know April or May and give it one more one more plug if we haven't sold out by then. Actually, what I'd really like to see Boat is if you, Aaron, Brent, or any combination thereof can make it to Coca Fest at the end of April and you can promote it there. 
That's true. That is a distinct possibility. I thought Coco Fest was in November. No, that was just that one year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Normally it's, it's in April or April May. It's just that that was a kind of a catch up after COVID. Okay, yeah. That we missed each other too much to wait till the following spring. <laughs> after all, it's only eight hours away. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Definitely doable. Thank you, John. No problem. And I'm thanks, gonna stick Aaron around and chat. just mute myself again. <laughs> Okay, cool. let's uh, let's run a little little commercial break, and then we can go into the game on news. Sounds good. Excellent. The time has come to unite the world under one nation, an eight-bit nation, a neon green nation, the Coco Nation. The Coco Nation Show, coming soon. And now a word from our sponsors. Tired of your color computer art input device being low res? Joey has you covered again. Switch between three joysticks or mice. Select the left or right port on your Coco. No more swapping joystick ports. Switch between standard and high resolution mode. Supports the Tandy and the Max high resolution mode. Order yours today at cocoman.biz. A whole new approach. Faster than ever. A window to a world of possibilities. Clear your expectations. Clear your hesitation. Just hit clear. EOU today at lcurtisboyle.com. Every Christmas, Santa's little helpers go shopping at Radio Shack. Welcome, everybody.
your turn now that I found the right buttons. Okay. Uh, I just want to mention, uh, John, I just noticed in chat, uh, this person was looking for BoatFest on, through Google and didn't find it. So if you're in the chat, if you want to post the actual link uh, so people can just grab it. You're muted, John. Thank you. BoatFest.info. And I will post that in the chat too. Thank you. Okay. And I'm on to the game on news. <laughs> Hey, you guys are seeing that, I presume? Even though it says Atari 2600 yep. at the moment? Indeed. Yep. <laughs> hey, so Chronologically Gaming, which is a, a site I mentioned uh, last week, and he's been live streaming on Twitch every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern. And he does about an hour, and he just goes through, and he's trying to cover every single video game made and every single hand held console now he's not covering educational games as i found out he didn't realize math bingo was educational so he he did touch it on the i think yesterday's <laughs> show and then realized it's educational and immediately shuts the side so don't count that one uh, <laughs> but he did that what he called the board game episode just because chess and checkers both happen to start with c so he actually covered uh versions of this on the coco obviously checker king and chess I won't bother playing it here because I'm sure you guys have seen that before, but you can see his review, et cetera, of it. He was actually fairly impressed with them. But you also get to see it compared to, say, Atari 2600 checkers and chess as well, because there's some other versions on there as well. So, And he's currently in the 1980 era, so he's still got some games to hit yet, uh, like, say, Quasar Commander. Or, I think he did football already. So I'm, I'm kind of watching it. And when he hits 81 is when the, you know, there'll be a lot more Cocoa stuff, because that's when the first third-party games started coming out from computerware and Mark Data Products and Spectral Associates and that kind of thing. So it'll definitely be a bit more expanded. And even Tandy by 81 was starting to get you know some more decent cartridges and stuff out here because basically they had that original set of eight, and that's pretty well all you had. So anyway, definitely check out his channel. He's actually interactive with the chat just like we are. So if you have questions or comments, I know I've piped in a few comments on the Cocoa stuff and even some old Apple II and Pet stuff I remembered from back in the day. Um, Bill Noble, if you're listening to this, he's actually been covering the XD Sorcerer, which I know is your first computer, so you should definitely check that out as well. Good good channel, though, and uh, he does post them on YouTube literally a day or two afterwards, so if you don't have time to watch it live, you can catch it on YouTube and leave comments on there for him. Next up, we have an announcement from Fabrizio Caruso, and of course, he's the guy we've mentioned before who does a cross-platform engine, uh, which has over 200 computers on it. And uh, this newest game he's released called Verbix, which is kind of a graphical word game. And he's got versions for the Coco, the Dragon, the MC-10 with varying different graphics modes, depending on what machine you have. So here's a picture of it in P-Mode 4, which is basically the, the monochrome one. He's got uh, the MC-10 version here. I think this is a Thompson or something. I can't remember. And he's got one here for the Dragon, uh, kind of with the four color version. Um, he's got some artifact color versions, too. I haven't played it too much. So I don't know too much about the game play. Um, his description, I think he said it's kind of like Scrabble. Form five little words in the bottom row with the letters by rotating columns or the bottom row. So I'll play a little bit of the video to just kind of get a little bit of feel for it. But uh, literally, if you have a home computer, you, you probably uh, can play this because it's on just about every system. Turn the sound effects down a little bit here. You can see he's selecting there, and you can rotate them vertically or horizontally, depending which one you do, and you're trying to you know, spell certain words. Almost a Rubik's Cube kind of thing? Yeah, it's it's kind of like that, or maybe a, a sort of like Mastermind, maybe a little bit like Wordle, or not quite, but... Um, 
It's an interesting one, though. It's 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 not one I'm familiar with. Like, I don't know if he made this as an original game or if he's basing this on a board game or something. But uh, the scoring is more like Scrabble because less common letters, you get extra bonus points, etc. Um, and you get you know bonus points if you get them on the lower rows before you rotate it in the other letters here. So it's it looks like a pretty interesting one. If you like Wordle, I think you'll probably like this game. Um, I haven't had a chance to try it. I probably doubt anybody else here has tried it yet. But if you have, please let me know and you can pipe in what you think of it, even if it's not on the Coco version. Um, I will play a little bit of the MC10 version because, of course, that doesn't have the high-res graphics. So he actually... Is that showing up for you guys? Yep. Okay. Sometimes that doesn't work on the Facebook Zoom. I probably should set the... But here you can see he kind of did the low-res graphics. We were just using the text characters and semi-graphics, but he still has some, you know, a fair bit of color and stuff in there, too. So, And I like the way he animated the little uh, selection thing on the side here because it almost looks like a Pac-Man thing with the less than, greater than signs and the dash. It actually looks like a mouth's opening to select and stuff here. So the animations he even did with the text is pretty pretty cool looking. Anyway, basically, if you're on any Coco-related platform, you should be able to play this. And on the other 200-plus platforms he has as well, so... That's a free download you can get off of his uh, GitHub. Um, if you're on Facebook, you can actually just get the link, and he's posted it to the Dragon Group, the MC10 Group, the Coco Group, and all the other groups that are involved for the other ports. Uh, but it's basically on his GitHub, which is basically his name, Crosslib, Cross-Lib, and uh, you can get that. And he actually has source code and everything else there, too. So have at her. I don't know if this will be qualified for a game on the challenge there, Ken, but uh, if we get a word special, maybe we could do, like, Cocodal uh, and... Uh, this game, uh, verbics at the same time or something there to just, you know, learn everybody some spelling. I have not actually yet tried this, but uh, yeah, that's a possibility. Okay. Uh, next up, Mr. Dave, as we mentioned, uh, did some palette patches for the game that we played this week, Robin Hood. So, of course, he's been experimenting doing this with a lot of others. <clears throat> so here he decided to so show Racer Ball. Now, you might not be familiar with that unless you're from the U.K., um, Ghost Gobbler, for some reason in the UK, got renamed to Racer Ball. The graphics got changed, so it's not a Pac-Man anymore. It's not Ghosts. Um, I think the UK was a bit more, and John, you might know better than I do because you could do a lot more UK-based shows, but I think the copywriting of arcade games was a bit more strict in the UK, and I think you had to change names and stuff to protect the guilty, I mean, innocent, more often than they would appear. I don't know. There were there were an awful lot of you know Crazy Kongs and you know, donkey mans. And <laughs> I, I don't, I, th I think that they, everybody was running the foul of the law. It was an equal opportunity, uh, you know, heist when it came to arcade properties. Yeah. The one time we remember that in the Cocoa world is when donkey King within a year got renamed to the King, you know, cause mm. that was just a little too close. But anyway, I'll play it. The first part of the video here shows in case you guys haven't seen the conversion of ghost gobbler to race ball, what, what the UK people saw for the equivalent of ghost gobbler with the original palette color set. Well, okay, the original color set set to the wrong mode for RGB and composite, but anyway. But you can see, like, it's not a Pac-Man, it's a circle with a pulsing center, and then the ghosts are these, I don't know what you call those, spaceships? But now it's, it's basically Ghost Cover, same sound effects, everything else. And then if you fast forward to see what he did with the uh, revised version... There you go, which I think is a lot more easier on the eyes. And they added this when you uh, 
eat the power pellet, he actually starts swapping the pellet. So it actually animates the spare men up in the upper left corner. And some of the other things get kind of animated a little bit too with a pulsing color. Uh, so he didn't just do the pallet change itself. He actually added a routine to start uh, rotating pallets and stuff here to get some extra effects in the game that weren't in the original. So that's kind of cool. And I, I'm trying to remember, has he done any more of those where he's gone a bit further than just changing the color pallets, Ken? Do you know? Because I think I seem to recall he did some other ones where he actually added some code to change a bit of the game, but I can't remember which one it was. Yes, um, he did a conversion of Protector, I think, Guardian, one of them. Where the two joystick game, he moved the other buttons yeah. onto a single two-button joystick, so he could play it a lot easier. So yeah, he's done a couple of other things. Yeah, that was that was protectors, the Tom Mix one. I remember that now. Thanks for reminding me. But yeah, because it originally took two joysticks, one for firing and one for flying, or something stupid like that. So and also he's updated a couple of the games that only run on the Coco One or Two with uh, Nick's um, patch there that. Uh, so it allows it to work properly on the Coco 3. Okay, cool. Um, I also saw a comment here from Sixy. Um, you had several different graphic hacks of this game too, didn't you? Yes, we did. Uh, I think it was mostly the bonus shapes that got changed, though not, not too much of the main part. And he said, oh, with the weird teleport fire button inhibit thing. Yes, that was part of Ghost Scalper. That was unique to Ghost Scalper. I don't know any of the other Pac-Man clones in the Coco out of the dozen or so that there were. That the one random spot you, you have to just memorize where it is, but if you run over it with the joystick button not pressed, it'll teleport you to a different part of the maze entirely. If you hold the button down, it'll disable it. And that took a while to get used to. I thought it was a bug in the game until I actually finally read the directions. Next up, we have Paul Shoemaker. So Paul, of course, has been doing a whole bunch of nice free games. He's done three editions of Ghost Rush now, the original one, the Halloween edition, and the winter edition. And each of those has subversions for the Coco 1 and 2, the Coco 3, the Dragon, the Coco 1 with a, a Coco VGA in it, with different palette sets, etc. Um, which, of course, was one of the ones uh, for the competition tiebreaker at uh, Boat Fest last year. Uh, he just did recently the Camel, which is kind of like a almost like an early version of uh, Oregon Trail, except he graphic added graphics to it because the original 1979 version was pure text. Uh, of course, he did his poker squares, which he did for multiple uh, versions of the Coco and the Dragon as well with different palettes, etc. And then he's added this one back in Dungeon Crawl, which is basically a loose based on Telengard, um, which ironically enough, I just put the unofficial Telengard from Avalon Hill because the Avalon Hill game was actually written in basic for the Atari and the C64 and the Apple Cheer City Model 1 and 3. It never had an official Coco version, but a person did convert it over. And they did it way back then because I had that version on my Coco 1 before I even got my Coco 3. So probably about 84, 85 is when I got a copy of it. Uh, that one's just been added to my site too, but this is a much more graphically enhanced version than even that. It's it's a much better looking. Are these game all uh, are these all pay what you want, or are these yep. all fixed every price? single one of these is pay what you want or free? So, and I I chipped in like I this this is a game that I really wanted to get, and he this is one I think he had to pull originally because he had used some artwork he thought was public domain, and it turned out it wasn't, and yep. the person put in a desist season desist order, so he had to pull it. Yeah. So that one I actually sent him up a couple bucks just to cover the. Uh, the turmoil he went through. But yeah, he just set this up on HIO. So he's got his own one here. And uh, somebody that's a bit more versed in in, in terminology for shoe repair, for cobblers, etc. Shoemaker's last actually means something special. The last has a, a term used in that industry. I don't know if any of you know 
Yes, that, I believe that's the thing that he's pounding on there. It holds your shoe in shape while you nail it together. I believe is somehow that how that goes. So he's actually using the last in his. Yeah, because I, I think it was Ron actually uh, that yeah. I'd asked on the post on Facebook. Does this mean that's your last game, Camel? You're done because <laughs> that's what I kind of thought too. <laughs> yeah. So, and then they got to explain what it meant. Right. So he should be writing a new cobbler for OS Nine. That's what he should be. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I didn't even think of that. That was real good. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, all of his games now are gathered in one place with screenshots. You can click on each one to get a bit more detail on it. They're they're literally free or pay as much as you feel like paying. Um, so if you're broke like I was the last while, you can get it for free and not feel too guilty. And if you have a couple bucks to chip towards him to aid in his uh, incentive to get more games out for the Cocoa. And he's got some other stuff already in, in the works. So, But he does very nice, like he's using a fairly limited resolution on a lot of these, either P-Mode 1 or three or four times so fairly low res but he's really good at designing the graphics and uh, you can of course see like you know, on the ghost rush halloween edition that's a coco 3 version there so you're getting a lot of really nice color in there too yeah, but even the the winter edition that's a that's a palette that almost everybody universally hates the only thing i've seen before that really it works well on it skiing maybe um horse uh goes skiing too as well but on this one it actually looks pretty good and he did some pretty good sunset effects and stuff here with the deer and stuff on the main gameplay. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. He also uh, added a uh, picture for the um, Coco Nation. Uh, yeah, he submitted selection. one of the yeah. pretty cool ones with a bunch of little low res yeah. icons of all the various computers. Um, I was wondering, you know, uh, Curtis, you and I were talking about the relative merits of putting your software up on itch. And uh, you lamented that one of the, uh, you know, even though itch is sort of the centralized place where indie creators put their things up, it's not always easy to find Cocoa listings on their own. Um, is I wonder if it's possible to make a directory with like a shareable list within itch itself, almost like a wish list or something where somebody who wants to see all of the Cocoa content on itch can go there and just get a list of either the developers or the games themselves. Have you ever looked at that? I haven't personally. I just haven't really had much time to play much with itch.io. Some of the mm -hmm. other people on the panel here might be a bit more familiar with it, might be able to answer that question. I know there's some other developers on there too. If Paul was here, I'd probably ask him, but he's Yeah, because I mean, I, I really believe that itch is a, a great resource and you know anything we can do to kind of surface the Cocoa content on there would be fantastic. Yeah, because the one time I just searched for Cocoa, it brought up a lot of games for modern PCs and stuff with the word Cocoa in the title. And like the actual yeah. Tier City color computer stuff was like two screens down. If I found it's, one it's sort of like when you Google the word Cocoa, you don't get a lot of responses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. for the you get color. Disney movies is what you get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or pretty girls. <laughs> I haven't seen too many of those. I'm looking for Cocoa. Really? Hmm. I guess Google knows I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have a beard, so maybe Shh, it's a secret. Maybe that's it. <laughs> anyway, it's really cool to see that Paul got that set up. There are quite a few Coca developers on there. Paul Thayer, the Coca Bond game, that's where it is there, too. Uh, his Timberman's available as well. And there's a few others. There's like even Coca related ringtones for your phone, like you can get the double back theme or something like that. So there's actually a fair bit of Coca content, but it's, it is difficult to find. You can't just type Coca and look for it. Matchy's Jumpy is up there as well. Yeah, that didn't show up with Coco either. <laughs> and, um, can Ken make it? He's got a bunch of stuff up there. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Jason's brother, yeah, like Nightmare Highway and stuff. Yeah, I, I Bode, you're right. If if there's some way we can create a Coco community within there that people can find just looking for that, and then it'll just automatically update with whoever's doing Coco related stuff, that would be awesome. So. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some some research, and by research, I mean I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> and, uh, and see if somebody, if there's a way that you can do like a curated list on itch. An art, an honest feller. <laughs> Rob has a uh, hint in the chat that you can do keywords and tags, mm-hmm. but there's a very limited number of them. And mm. the keyword Tandy can usually bring most of them up. Ah, so just search for Tandy instead of Coco. But wouldn't that also bring in like Model 1 and 3 and Tandy Yeah, there's, 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 there's and so much Model 1 and Model 3 stuff that totally dwarfs any of the Coco oh, results. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it was a gaming hotspot. So. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I just, the Tandy 1000 stuff's Tandy. what I'd be worried about. If there's a ton of stuff using the Tandy, you know, graphics mode and, and sound stuff, but that might, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, 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 I just it. searched Tandy and every single result was for the Coco. Oh, good. Developers have to use a keyword feature. Not sure about collections. That's that. That'd be interesting to look into, though, because having a, a nice, easy to find place that automatically brings in any new additions. But obviously, anyways, developer from the Coco that doesn't watch our show or pay attention, that kind of stuff, might not put the tags in, and it still won't show up. So, I, are I there people it. like that? Yeah, well, that that ringtone one came out as a surprise. I mean, he did put the word Coco as a search tag. Thank God. Right. But, uh, but I he's mean, not are somebody there that watches the show or the Coco that don't know about Coco Nation? Yeah, there are some. I mean, That's there's crazy. some people in the listserv that don't do any podcasts. They just sit on the mailing list. They don't do Facebook. They yeah, but do I Discord. mean, I mean, I'm talking about like de- like game developers. Um, I know there's a few that refuse to use Facebook, but uh, hey. we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. True. I mean, true. yeah. If you, can't, if you can't search for them, you can't really tell if they knew anything about it or yeah, not. That's very true. <laughs> Anyway, ton of free stuff there, or you can chip in a few bucks as a thank you to him. There's a pretty pretty polished games there. Next up, this one I could have. It's it's kind of a Coco and an MC10 one at the same time, because um, it's basically it's a Coco game published in Rainbow Magazine back in August of 1983, which is their games issue. It's a Treasure of the Enrician Empire uh, by two people, Ken Osterer and Mike Smith. And uh, Jim ported to the MC10. He also found a bug in the original uh, when you're doing a load to, to take a game that you'd saved previously. There was a couple of bugs where it didn't initialize all the variables properly, so it only partially load where you left off. So he fixed that at the same time. Um, but other than that, it's, it's basically a text adventure game, and I think it requires 16k RAM upgrade option. Now I will mention something. This is not something normally Jim does, but um, he actually does a complete walkthrough so it's an almost 20 minute video and he actually goes right through until he wins the game so if you don't want spoiler alerts playing text adventure games then uh don't watch the whole video just watch the beginning of it to get a feel for it next up after that we have tim and aj my drunk sibling and they're playing uh, ghost rush the winter edition this time uh so i'll play a little clip of that i'll just turn the volume down so we can kind of talk over it but uh once again, you can go to the HIO page uh, for Paul Shoemaker and actually grab this for the appropriate version that you want to get. We're showing the Coco 1 and 2 version here. And you can see some of the little animations here. It's got a little bit of Christmas theme music. It's got the whole Christmas theme background graphics. Like here, you can see the ghosts are wearing a uh, scarf and a toque. There's some hot chocolate on the side there, some uh, wine, and a nice little winter scene. 
They had a lot of fun with this one. Um, Tim was fitting up to the title of the show by the end. You know, he's kind of rosy cheeked for a reason. Uh, but they, they actually managed to get, I think, to the second or third. But basically when the Pac-Man ghost uh, comes out with the uh, frosty look uh, Santa hat and everything else here. But it's a good review of the game, a good gameplay video. And of course, they just have a ton of fun, you know, needling each other throughout the whole show, which is exactly why the game or why the show is fun to watch. So you can check that out. And if you like the looks of the game from watching this video, you can go grab the game from the HIO from Paul. Now, we were talking earlier here during the Game On Challenge about uh, Pixel Perfect games. And um, this is a channel I've not seen before called Gentleman's Pixel Club. And basically, the premise of this channel is he's trying games on a variety of systems, all running on the Mr. FPGA, which is something I know John and quite a few people on their Discord use and quite a few people in the Coco are using too. I've even had some inquiries about you know, running EOU on it. Um, but in this case here, he's actually reviewing the Dragon 32 version of Jet Set Willy. I'm not going to play too much of it here because um, he swears a lot when he gets frustrated, which if you've ever played a pixel perfect game like this, that happens a lot too. Um, but he's used to playing the Spectrum version. Now, I know when we've talked about it before, I think Kieran and a few others mentioned that there was bonus levels on the Coco Dragon version that never appeared on the Spectrum version. And he actually goes hunting through trying to find, and he does find a few of them while he's playing here. So I think if I remember Manic Miner had one or two extra levels, and I think Jet Set Willy has like eight extra screens that the Spectrum version did not have. So he's he's he was having fun because he was getting new content for the first time in years because he, he grew up with the Spectrum version. So I would definitely go check it out if you're into that type of game. Um, if you're offended by foul language, then probably mute it because <laughs> there's a fair bit. <laughs> But it's good to see. Uh, it sounds like he's going to tr be trying some more Dragon games in the future. This is the very first Dragon core he's ever tried on the Mister, and it seemed to run okay. So um, glad he did that, and we're we'll, we'll looking forward to some more Dragon games in the future. That's all I had for game on news. So we can switch to the regular news. Uh, did you want to play an intro, Mark, or should I just go sure. straight? Which one do I have queued up? Let me uh, do a. Screen share. All right, here we go. From around the world, what you need to know. Get caught up on news with El Okay. <laughs> oh, this transition so fun. Okay, let's let's share a screen. Everything's the same, but it's different. Yeah. I still suck that 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 stays consistent. <laughs> Sixty saying bring back the Muppet, and a bunch of us were going, get rid of the Muppet, we don't get sued by <laughs> <laughs> or get videos pulled down for copyright strikes. <laughs> okay, so the first one, we got a couple here from Adrian of Adrian's digital basement. So we covered last week that he'd received from Tim Lindner and it wasn't Tim's own machine. It was a, a, a one by somebody else that he'd picked up um, that had been modified years and years ago where a person transplanted a Coco one with a floppy drive and a color monitor into a model three case. So you guys remember that even got the model three keyboard, et cetera, working here. You can kind of see it opened up the, in the bench there, the motherboard's out of it right now, but you can see the drives and the uh, Coco uh, motherboard itself had some problems. It didn't boot up properly. So he goes through in this video, trying to figure out what's wrong with it 
and you hardware guys can probably comment on this a lot better than I could. Um, but by the end of the video, he figures out what's wrong, and it was a bit of a surprise to him. Um, and if I, I'm trying to remember now because I've watched this so long ago, I can't remember. Wasn't it the Sam I and the all eight RAM chips or something? Uh, CPU and all CPU. eight. Like the Sam was the only thing that wasn't blown. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. So a CPU blowing up, that's common. Like if you plugged in a disk controller and twisted it to the side a bit and you shorted out the one pin, I knew that would blow CPUs. But all eight RAM chips blowing up in one shot, from what I understand, you hardware guys can correct me on that. I think that's pretty rare. Usually it's just one or two of them that dies, isn't it? I've never yeah. seen all eight die. Yeah. Yeah, some were theorizing that the address bus must have got hit with some yeah. extra voltage or something. External oh, causes is most likely damage like, that level. Like maybe that monitor fell on the board. <laughs> <laughs> now that could be lightning strike. <laughs> right, right. And here you can see, like the, the person that did this, not only did they put it into a model three case, they also did some other mods. So they had like had the inverse video switch was they actually wired in the inverse pin off the VDG, so it just boots up an inverse video. So you get you know bright green on dark green background instead of the uh the nuclear green. But here he's kind of going through and, and swapping chips one at a time. And then he figures out by the end of it that every single RAM chip was dead. <laughs> Thankfully, he had spares. As do most of us. I don't have any 4164 spares. I have some uh, 4464s from the Coco 3, but I don't have any Coco 2 to, to put them in. So You got any uh, 256? I have some. No, I have spares 6309s, though. I have two or three of those, and I have some 6551s. And I think I have one sixty-five fifty-two spare for my TC9 if I ever resurrect it again. I still have to try that thing with an STC. Theoretically, it should work. So that wasn't well, the only one. What's oh, so good? No, I was going to say. Um, so thanks to Pedro um, about uh, his Coco Three reproductions, um, the Western design. 65C21s appear to be compatible replacements for the the 68B21s that's used in the Cocos. So oh, cool. Those are modern modern chip. And can support up to 14 megahertz. <laughs> like all 652 stuff does, modern stuff. How how expensive are they, just out of curiosity? Um like are they you know, fairly decent, or are they expensive? James James has them. Um, well, I normally go through Mauser myself, but let me quickly check the price on that. But well, I know there's some other chips that are a bit rarer that you know are in Cocos that sometimes if you do find them, they're like, quite expensive. I did that, that was one of them. The monitor is using is pretty nice. The Philips, yeah, it's yeah, it's not the one that's in the case. <laughs> no, okay. The 14 megahertz chips, which there's the dip that's listed, is currently if you buy it in singles, it's 946 USD, which yeah sounds a little pricey, but that's just yeah, it's it's not a commonly used chip, I don't think anymore. So, well, it's still used with the the 14 megahertz 6502s, so that's why you know you've got the current 6502 you have this chip and there's also a current 6551 which i bought a couple of those and neither one of those worked in the rs232 pack so i'm like hmm i can't recommend that one 
Oh, okay, but this one does work in there, so 3D pack is a replacement. Correct? No, no, this is the 6521, the PIA. Oh, sorry, the PIA, yeah, right, sorry. Yeah, 6821 replacement. Uh, Frank has oh. a comment on all the RAMs. He said, unless something went really wrong along the five-volt rail. Yeah, but the SAM didn't die, so... Yeah, it's it's yeah. On this one, I watched it myself. Um, I know it's rare, but I've had a whole batch of RAM just go bad at the same time. Um, it's weird, but not uncommon. Okay, I, I've never had that problem. I've only blown individual ones. Well, I also worked on the IBM XTs, and I've had an entire an entire bank dead. So yes. It it's 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 definitely possible. Yeah, and here's where he got the Model Three keyboard. He was working on that. Uh, he had to fix some of the bodge wiring, but actually the whole keyboard he ended up getting that working. So now he's got a numeric keypad in his Coco One, and that's uh, that's pretty cool. I do remember some people here did that keyboard hack. Hey, definitely go check out the video. It's pretty pretty cool, and it's a good follow up from last week. And then after that, he did another one on his second channel, Adrian's Digital Basement Two, on YouTube. And uh, he got a couple things in the mail. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to reveal who sent him this. I do know who it is because he actually told me. So uh, if he's in the chat, he can tell me if he wants me to mention his name or not. Um, but just in case, I won't mention it. But I received a, a Kogel 3 in pristine mint condition. You got you to see this a here. a TRS-80 color computer of some kind. And the fact that it got there in ah, one piece with nothing a but a box. Color computer right. and yeah. Wow. This is in mint, absolutely like not yellowed mint condition. No, no scratches wow, really. There's say? a tiny scratch in the upper like left, curve you should point out. But other than that, mail. it's like the keys that don't have any absolutely pristine on them. I don't see those too often anymore. Shape. There's no scratch, yeah, not, not that shape. Absolutely, I'll tell you, he's a nice guy to meet in person because right I met him at BCF Midwest. But it is very, very minor. Now, one thing I wanted to show here is that he does a little software demo. The guy who sent the computer actually sent a little demo for him to show uh, wow. to you. So I'm just going to fast forward. I'm just amazed that thing made it all that way. It made that in that little box. I would never ship a cocoa that way. That is that is that is not a way to ship a cocoa that I would endorse no at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not nearly enough packaging. That box is entirely too small. Yeah. Wow. But it made it. It's the graphics, the video chip in this thing. That's just the way it looks. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's run. Now, this, this I wanted to ask here. I realize this version of SDC Explorer is a little bit old, but I know some of the patches to do modern monitors don't let all the colors through. There's some of the ones where like the grayscale, you, you lose it and you only get like black, white, and a one gray. You can't tell the difference between light and dark gray. And some other basically limited to 16 colors almost. And that looks like what's happening here. Cause shouldn't there be some cyan and stuff in here instead of all this green? Um the it, it depends on how the retro trink retro trink retro tink is doing the RGB because this is something I found when I was tinkering with the Coco's RGB and the SCART adapters is the Coco is a 2-volt or point... Is it 2-volt or 0.2-volt? It, it's probably 2-volt, peak-to-peak, where the SCART is a 1-volt peak-to-peak, so it was being overdriven by the Coco. And if the retro tank is expecting a 1-volt and it's been given 2 volts, 
that could be what's was made by causing the someone issue. Special. Okay. Because I, I be. noticed that right away. Like it doesn't look like to me he's getting all the color he should be there. Unless his uh STC Explorers are really misconfigured. But that, that's one of the things that the switcheroo is is built to uh you know deal with, thanks to Mr. Ladd. Yeah. Well, if I remember the, the original one, I think Barry Nelson did one, and that one did have that problem off the start where it, it didn't give you the full color range. Okay. Yeah, I remember I, when I ran G Shell for the first star. time on somebody's machine that had it, it was like I can't even recognize half the icons because the subtle subtleness of the gray shades was gone. Pop star, you, there's no checkerboard, just all one color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and the, that's the ahead. output on the Coco is too hot for a SCART converter. That's why it has to be some additional components to tone it down. Then it's fine. So yeah. I, I don't know what they're using there, though. Yeah, Pop star was how I found out about the issue, and I started tinkering. <laughs> Anyway, I'll play so, the little demo we got here that was custom made for him a little bit. Um, it's nothing fancy. It's a Cocoa One and Two demo, so it's kind of over overkill running it on a three. But at this, press Enter if red, and it is. Oh, I know who did it. <laughs> That's it's a great dance party on the Cocoa. I mean, it's fairly simple. It's running some multi-voice music, and it's just basically page flipping between two different uh, screens, so it takes almost no CPU time to detract from the music. So this runs fine on a Cocoa 1 or 2 with 32K of RAM. But yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. He was, I think, a little bit impressed with it. I don't think he thought the Cocoa could actually pull off something like that. So It was pretty cool seeing Adrian's digital basement doing three Cocoa-related videos in the span of two weeks. That's I don't think I've ever seen that before. So that was cool. This next one is not specifically Coca related, but I thought it would be kind of fun. Uh, they've uh, this is a science site. It's not a you know Joe Blow site, but it says green light seems to relieve pain. A new study in mice shows why. I won't go into the whole technical details, but considering the cocoa you know starts up in a nuclear green screen, if you uh, you know are if you're suffering any pain or anything else, I guess uh, we're trying to save ourselves this whole last forty plus years here because we. Uh, we turned on the painkiller screen for ourselves this whole time. Didn't even know it. Yeah, I posted this in the uh, C64 group and said, uh, you guys might want to consider going to Cocoa. We have a green <laughs> screen. <laughs> You're hurting yourselves by continuing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll just read the one sense for the, uh, the the audio listeners here won't see the screen we're looking at here. But it's a scientist of exploring the pain relieving effects of green light for at least half a decade uncovering an occasional clue on exactly why it happens. And research suggests that there could be a simple, safe, and economical way to relieve pain. Green light in a new animal study reveals the biological underpinnings of how it might work. So all this time, we've, you know, people have been complaining the nuclear green screen's hard on the eyes and blah, blah, blah. Well, I it's think they were just, not. you know, too busy being in pain. They just didn't notice that, you know, we were all comfortable. Well, isn't <laughs> cannabis green? What's that? Isn't cannabis green? <laughs> so uh, not long. if you dry it out properly no i'm just kidding not com no comment on that one <laughs> anyway that was just it was kind of just by fluke i caught this and uh, it wasn't from ron's link i found it independently but yeah just right. kind of cool cool story 
And they recommend, like they did the test with the rats here for eight hours a day of light therapy. So you got to use your cocoa at least eight hours a day. It's also recommending is what I'm reading that as. What about the x-rays from the cathode tube? Well, we use LCDs now. Yeah, we, we don't. yeah, it's just a green light thing. You don't have to use a cathode tube. Plus, you don't want to wear down the old cathode tubes. Just use them now and then. Well, the cathode tubes are how you make your, sure your eyeballs are tough enough to take that <laughs> nuclear green. <laughs> As much as I used the cocoa when I was younger, I should have x-ray vision by now. Yeah, hey, it's a really interesting it scientific article. It's it's not. I mean, I, we're making fun of it, but it's it's serious. Like green light does help with with pain therapy. So, whenever you get you know pain, like if you bumped your your toe against a table leg or something like that, go to your cocoa immediately. Fire up the old nuclear green screen. Curtis, I'm going to remind you of this article every time you post so much green on any of my screenshots. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just start saying so much pain relief now. Yes, exactly. Better than Advil. <laughs> and Ron, you can tell the Commodore 64 people that at least the Coco is a green computer, good for the environment. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, especially when you put a 6-3 on it, it draws less power. Another <laughs> benefit. Yeah, it's just, it's just good all the way around the Coco. What else can I say? And now it's healthier for you too. It's as, it's as much of a health plus for you as a, say an Apple Watch or a Fitbit. Okay, next up, uh, uh, Steve Pulse posted this in the Facebook group, and I don't know him, so he's fairly. I don't know if he's new to the Coca group or just hasn't really said anything in it. Um, but he originally published a Coca Christmas program in T and D magazine near the end of its run in the fall 1992 issue. Now he's tweaked it a little bit further here and he's even got the card. If you're watching the video here, you can see he's got the card that you got with your TND subscription showing you a list of the programs of what tape counter they were at. Um, I won't play the whole thing. It's 10 minutes long here, but I'll give you a little bit of a feel for it and it'll be some Christmas background stuff you can play. I wonder what screen he's using. I think he might've just masked it into a background photo. Yeah, I think you're right. So, you know, obviously the audio listeners here, you can hear the uh, multi-voice music Christmas songs here, but he's actually got some graphics on there too at the same time. Not animated, but... Uh, that's where the next one. And here you can see there's some Coco 3 stuff here because he's doing more colors than a Coco 1 or 2 can normally do, like brown. So it's basically a basic program that's drawing these things. You can actually watch them draw, and then it just loads in some pre-done four-voice music. It would be nice to run this in the background, you know, just at Christmas time. Needs a bit more nuclear green in case you're having any pain that day, but... Uh... I kind of like the effect uh, coming up there. I'm assuming that's supposed to be the manger. You might guess. Yep, definitely. Yep. 
then he ends with a happy Merry Christmas written by Stephen Pulse. So um, the TND collection is entirely every single issue. Actually, I think I don't think there's any missing anymore is on the color computer archive. So you want the issue number 121 fall of 1992. You can get the original version of this that that Steve did. I don't know if he's posted to the color computer archive his modified version because he did say he added to it. But uh, you can at least grab some of it from uh, the color computer archive. So thanks, Steve, for posting both the video, which you can run in the background by itself, or you can actually download the actual code. Now, there's something that we don't see too much recently. Uh, Joel Evie in the uh, multimedia MM1 computer group, uh, for those of you that were around in the early 90s, uh, when the Coco 4 was a thing people were trying to do, Frank Hogg, um, Delmar Systems, and IMS were all trying to make a Coco 4 sequel. The M1 was probably the most successful of those. And Joel actually has gotten his up and running. Now he's still got the uh, hard drive not quite working at this point, from what I understand. I think it was SCSI, if I remember David, probably you can correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it came as a default. But yes, the, yes, the hard drive is SCSI. So he does have a high density floppy, 1.44 meg. And this is obviously, you know, David's wheelhouse talking about floppies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But he does some FLI animations. And if I'm trying to remember, is FLI, is that an Amiga standard for animation? No, no, it's not F, uh, Amiga specific. No. I, I believe it would be FLC. Wasn't it FLC? I, IFF on the Amiga. I, yeah, I okay. don't remember. I, I thought it's it was something. A flash, flash and animation of some sort. No, it's more like a GIF animation. I, what's a, it's a Flickr or what the heck did it stand for? It was some video format. So basically, this is the first video demo of an MM1 running, except for the initial IMS uh, advertising brochure one that I've seen, because YouTube doesn't have any MM1 videos. So this is the first one. And this is running in the 256 color mode. Um, I think this does have the palette upgrade chip because the M1 could be sold without it or with it. If it was without, then you got a fixed 256 color palette. If you did have it, you had a 16 million color palette to choose from, which for 1991, 92 was actually pretty advanced. And I th- can't remember if this is an M1B or if this is the original M1. But uh, unfortunately, the people we're watching on or listening won't be able to see this. But this is actually a, a bit of a full screen, full color animated demo uh, taken from Lord of the Rings the movie and uh i mean it's not super fast because he's running off floppy and ram here at this point uh because the hard drive's not working so you can't do the dma streaming stuff but it's not too bad i mean considering and let's see if we expand it here just increase the uh res a bit here so you can see it better so you can see it's only drawing a few frames per second it's not super smooth but it's not not too shabby, considering you loaded it off a floppy drive. And the thing I think of seeing that scene is, you shall not pass. Could be. Anyway, uh, David, you actually have an MM1. You had one with a working hard drive and stuff in the past here. Was there a lot of these FLI animation files available? or? Um... I didn't really play with the uh, the video stuff too much. Um, most of mine was the audio. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one game I did, which was based off of a game off of the Apple. I just can't. 
think of the Apple name, but I called my version Atomic Grid Warfare. But it was a three by three, a five by five, and a nine by nine grid, and it used atomic atoms, so many um, things in it. Okay. Just can't remember the Apple name, but no, I didn't do too much with the audio. Um, Video. Yeah, I I pretty much just did the the audio, but video, um, I think one of the other people in the club here did some video stuff. Um, But yeah, after I got the RAM upgrade, I loaded all of the the fonts and character sets and graphic symbols. I did like what you do with the EOU where you load everything up at start. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I just reading his, his description here, he actually mentioned the MM1's Flickr program. So maybe that was an MM1 specific file format. Hold on. Google is your friend. There's not a hell of a lot on the MM1 and Google, unfortunately. So basically, it's basically what it's doing is animating a 320 by 200 by 256 color screen for a machine in 91, 92. That means all you MM1 owners are not doing your part to get stuff on the internet. I blame all of you, <laughs> except for Joel. He's doing his. Yeah, part. Joel. Joel's actually posted a few little bits here, but this is the first one with anything really to show. He's more just you know asking questions and stuff. So this is a uh, this this was cool because I've not seen one of these machines running in years either myself. So. Thanks, Joel. Look, keep keep up the good work. I hope you get the hard drive working so you can actually, uh, you know, get all the stuff back on there. Next up, Alan Huffman continues his blogs of creating this Christmas star as part of the uh, Logiker 2022 Vintage Computing Challenge, which is to create this uh, text-based Christmas star type thing in as small of a program as possible. And this is cross-platform, so there's people on Ataris and Commodores and a whole bunch of other retro systems here trying to duplicate the same thing. The one thing you, Alan's doing a bit more unique than others um, is that he's been using that new chat API uh, that, you know, in artificial intelligence demo that's been getting talked in the tech news constantly over the last three weeks. And it's actually capable of writing code. And on, on here, he's done a few things on his own, but he's also asked the chat AI to do some things for him. And it's actually gotten semi-close at times. So basically at this point in part three, and he's also released part four, he started actually compressing and explaining how his compression works. Like you notice some of these areas mirror to each other, so you don't have to, you know, encode the drawing of them twice. You can do it once and then just tell it, you know, flip the axis type thing and, and do it again. And he starts talking like how the Atari 2600 Adventure game did the exact same thing. You'll notice that it's mirroring left to right, so it only has to store enough for half the screen type thing and then draws the whole screen based. And it actually goes way further than that, the Atari 2600 version. The compression there is actually pretty frigging amazing. And he goes into a bit of technical detail on how that worked. Try to get kind of the same idea going on the Coco. And then uh, part four, I think he gets more into the uh, chat AI. So he actually shows here, I showed that code to OpenAI and asked how it would accomplish the task of reversing the data. And this is the response it gave, which kind of gives you a good algorithmic thing, but it talks about a reverse command in basic, which most basics don't have. So he, he actually actually told the chat AI you know, I, there is no reverse. So then it goes into a different saying you can do it with data statements and stuff. So actually, it's it's fairly accurate. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive where the stuff's going. I know Alan and a few others have talked about it. It's, it's not definitely not perfect or anything. And it's based on basically just a huge amount of data that it can parse through and kind of you know, adds to its database as it goes. 
But pretty cool. And he's got two more parts coming to this. We'll see how much he gets it compressed down. But he's got it fairly compressed down right now from the original. The original like filled an entire screen, and this is down to like six or seven lines. So keep keep an eye on that. I'm expecting the series to wrap up over the next week. Now I'll let you guys talk about this here. Um, the people that are organizing it. So Grant and some of you, a few others are on here. This is the uh, vote for the new logo for Coco Nation. And there's uh, a, on the Coco Nation page on Facebook, you can go vote on them. There's a, what is there, 12 on here now, I think. So there's a bunch to choose from and you can zoom them up. Uh, the one here from Bruce Moore. Coco Nation show, I can't remember who did that one. Ken, Ken Rickert, it looks like. Mark Siegel did that one. Ron did that one, Ron DeVoe. Yep. Melly, Alan's daughter, did that one. Um, Jim, Rye, did that one. <clears throat> Just kind of a cute one with all the keys broken apart. Obviously, you audio listeners can't see any of this stuff. So, uh, Melly did this one here as well. And then uh, Paul Shoemaker, we just talked about for uh, Ghost Rush, et cetera, did these very you know low-res, 16-color style things. These you could actually display on an actual Coco 3 or Coco uh, 1 or 2 with a Coco VGA card at, looking exactly like that, which is kind of cool. And I'm guessing at this point, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I think we're going to pick one as a main theme for the show, but we're probably going to use a lot of these other ones for segments and specials and stuff too. So don't feel like your artwork's going to waste if it doesn't get picked for the main one. Um, I, I'm sure we'll be using some of this on other places as well. This is from Grant, not Grant Leedy. This is from, um, what's his last name? The guy that does the newsletter for GCC. Blado. Blado, right. And Melly submitted a third one there. A bit more of a painty feeling. And Blado did this one as well. Bit of a sideways print and then there's paul shoemakers here we actually tries to list unfortunately there's way more uh in this family like the cp400 and a bunch of others too so i don't know how small he wants to make the icons no big want to make the screen what was that no tano dragon i feel slighted bro well, 64 would yeah be. dragon 64 is, covers both same uh, thing not the same except it's that color not the except color. except the tano actually has the fix for the uh timing the the what is it? The interrupt that uh, yeah. uh, oh, the V-Sync needs uh, H-Sync problem. Where H-Sync shuts, shuts off during the B-Blank? Is that the one you're talking about? Well, whatever the problem that needed to be fixed on the 64 was fixed on the Tano by default. Okay. I'm guessing that's the one that Nick and some other people have hit. <clears throat> Where uh, horizontal sync interrupt if you want to like do find sound or change the screen mode to get extra colors every scan line basically during the entire v blank chunk shuts off and then it doesn't get turned back on so music sounds like crap on it right. hey there's a lot of good designs i want to thank everybody that's been submitting uh i want to thank everybody for voting so go vote if you haven't done it already and like i said i think we will use the other ones as we go throughout the show and making new segments etc uh or for specials etc too so don't don't feel that we're sliding you if, you if yours doesn't get voted you know, up to the, being the main one we'll be using for the intro credits. And, and I think that the submissions are still open too and can be added to. 
So yeah, what, yeah. what's the deadline on this? Um, do you know off the top of your head, Alan? I think that the Terry was looking to close this out by the first. So there's, <laughs> I think, a couple of weeks left to both vote and even submit more. Okay, cool. So, Curtis, I have a small bit of information if you wanted to know about that file format from yeah. that. So it's FLI or FLC. <clears throat> the uh, FLI is the older version, but uh, it was by Autodesk. Oh, okay. Um, That's a CAD, isn't it? <laughs> well, it was uh, animation. In this one, it was for animation purposes. Um, but Autodesk is familiar. Is the guys that made AutoCAD, right? Yes. Right. Yes. yes. And it's like frame lay, frame line interlacing or something like that, which has to do with how it saves the data to be able to redisplay it fast enough on the machines of the time. Cool. So it was actually yeah. a standard, not just an M1 thing. Yeah, Correct. it's a Autodesk Animator, which was the FLI Autodesk Animator Pro, which was the FLC. Um, which is what I remember on my MM1 was the FLCs. Um, but uh, yeah, it was originally developed by Autodesk. Okay, cool. I can, That kind of faintly rings a bell now that you mentioned it, because I think Paul Ward used to talk about that. Next up, actually, since we have Paco here, this is a video you put up yourself, um, where you took the Coco 3 holiday demo from Spectral Associates. This was the second demo they did for the Coco 3. The release of the Coco 3 had a basic, you know, introducing the Tandy Coco 3 type thing. And this was the second one they did a few months later for the Christmas, the first Christmas season. Now, I don't know how many people here on the panel have seen this before. I know I have, obviously. Poutman, Paco, of course. David Ladd. I have. Radio Shack is when I first saw it, but um, yeah. Because I figure if there's some people here that have not seen it before, I like, Boat, have you seen this one before? No, I haven't seen this yet. Okay. So I don't normally play videos all the way through. And in fact, this one repeats, so I won't play it, you know, the entire 16 minutes here. I think you meant it more to run as a background thing, but I'll well, play it for those that have not seen it. Yeah. So we've got sound turned on because there's some musical bits. So this came out in, in, you know, for Christmas season 1986. So just a few months after the Coco 3 got released. And Spectra was one of the companies that had early access to the, the Coco 3. So it asks to be a 512K, and if you do and you say yes, it'll actually load everything in at once off into RAM, so it doesn't have to keep access to the disk after that. If you only have 128, it'll load in a chunk, do that little bit that's based on that chunk, then pause to load in the next chunk, et cetera, et cetera. And it came as a double-sided flippy disk. I think I can skip ahead a bit here. So, holiday demonstration program for the Coco 3, written by David Figge and John Gabbert, graphics by E.T. Gatlin, which is the exact same team that did the Interbank incident for the Coco 1 and 2 the year before. I'm hearing a floppy clicking track noise. I'm assuming you recorded this from MAME, David? <laughs> yes the avi write feature i love i wish that was in other emulators because i i'm so glad it's not <laughs> oh the avi write feature if it was in vcc or xor i would be using 
using probably them more than main because sometimes setting up main can be a pain in the rump. But it is. Yeah. I mean, the debugger's nice and it's the most accurate, but it is the worst to set up out of the three main emulators. Okay, we'll skip the floppy loading. Even though David really likes it, I'm, I'll skip ahead. <laughs> yeah, I didn't create a .mfm disk image that would have been faster for this, but, you know. So here it has an animated assembly line where the elves are constructing Cocoa 3s and putting them in the boxes for shipping. This is just for the uh, audio viewers because you're going to be really bored this next few minutes here while this graphical demo is running. <laughs> Those no are occasional music. packing on there either. Yeah, see? That's that's where they got the idea to ship it that way, I guess. And for us, I mean, when the Cocoa 3 came out, we weren't used to having so many colors or even the higher res here. So this was this was really cool when it came out. And this and the you other demo. Tandy made tires. Yeah. <laughs> Put them on their own Radio Shack trucks. Yeah. And here they are loading in Cocos uh, from the loading dock under the back of the truck. And, and who here wants that big pallet of Cocos behind them? I Man, know. <laughs> you could be rich with one of those out. these days. Because those are all Cocoa 3s. In dock number 3. So. Ooh. But are those radial tires? And here they kicked into a mode that they didn't actually support in basic, the 160 by 192 16 color mode to speed up the scrolling animation. It's the mode they used in like Rad Warrior and Rescue and Fractalus and Corona's Rift. And at least they didn't hit the pet. Yep. They let the little guy come run out and get his uh, dog before the truck runs over it. Reminds me of the first demo where they had that little dog in the background while it's showing you deskmate where it escapes from the owner and the owner has to chase it down. Now, who here hears Moon Patrol music right now? Yeah, I thought about adding background music to it, but... Well, it has the little bits of its own, so you don't want to override it, but... Yeah, that's the reason why I didn't add... And here, for those audio listeners here, the Radio Shack truck has stopped at the Radio Shack store, which has a big sign saying it's here, talking about the Co3. And a little guy comes running out and grabs one from the truck and puts it inside the shop. And then here's the interior of the store where Santa himself comes out. So it's like the Apple store where they have a billion of them behind the, the curtain, but they're like, oh, we'll see if we have one more left in stock. Yeah. So here, Apple or uh, Santa steals a Cocoa 3. I didn't see him pay for it, but he did leave a gift at least. And this is yeah. very reminiscent of the opening of the original Cocoa 3 graphics demo, um, where in that case, they had the Earth in the background uh, of a moonscape. And here you've got a mountainscape on Earth with the moon in the background, and then you're watching Santa and the sleigh and the reindeer. I need Bob Ross happy little trees in here somewhere. Yeah, I was wondering why they didn't use the gray pixels in the moon instead of the green. Yeah, green. I don't understand that either. Artistic choice, man. Artistic choice. 
oh, the moon's made of green cheese. Yeah. May not accurately reflect the real moon. Yeah, there was an ulterior motive behind wanting this demo, and some will know in a few days. And this is a, <laughs> a, a nice animated fireplace and, you know, reflections on the tree with a Cocoa 3. Obviously, they didn't wrap it properly because you can see what it is without having to unwrap it. And then you also have mice in this house, which kind of scares me, and the cat ignores them. So, <laughs> yeah, the cat's just like, nah, I'm going to lay here and be warm. There's a hand checking his list, I guess, or something, or... Maybe that's an iPad ahead of its time. I don't know what he's holding there. Maybe it's Dad off. looking at the receipt going, how much did I spend? Now, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> typical ad blurb. So standing, very high resolution graphics. Choose from 64 brilliant colors. Memory expandable to 512K. Many popular programs already available. Completely upward compatible. Not quite true. And the technology tomorrow, today. And... Uh, did you type in this price, David, or is that what it came with? That's that's what was in it, and you can pretty much just stop right here because this is where it loops Repeats. back. Yep. Yeah. So there was a hidden code on the keyboard you could hit to change the price. The Radio Shack managers could actually change the price if they're having sales or whatever. Because the original Coco Three when it was announced was on the here in Canada it was three twenty nine. I think was it one ninety nine in the states when it came out the one twenty k. Anybody there? Do you guys remember? Uh. Uh, we're just in shock trying to wish we could still get prices like that. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think it was 219 in the States, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Might have been, yeah. Yeah, 219 yeah. sounds right. And then by the end, it was like $99 or something, yeah, which is like a quarter of the price it is now to get it on eBay. Blowout was, was 300 bucks with a CMA. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, if I knew the key combo to do that, I'd re-record it with an accurate. Um, <laughs> it's something with RS in it. I'm trying to remember because both demos use the same key combo. Um, I think I might even mention it on my one of my Cocoa pages because you can go like change the default monitor type for the pallets, and you can change the price. Ooh. Anyway, there, there you go. For those of you not seen it before or, or heard the little bits out of it, that was their official Christmas I love demo. That. I loved everything about that. I wish that they, I mean, how many of these exist for the Coco 3? How many graphics demos like this? Just two? Well, there's two officially that Tandy used, that, this one and, that, and the, uh, the original one. I, well, there was one for the Coco 1 and 2 that Glenn Soggy did back in 1980 for Christmas for the Coco 1, but that one actually has disappeared. Nobody seems to have a copy of it anymore. Mm. I mean, there's been some other demos like the one we showed from Adrian's Basement, you know, little things. Right. I've, I've there's seen some nothing, other Christmas nothing demos. officially available from Radio Shack. Other than these two, no. Yeah. Remember the extended uh, basic one that showed the TV and, you know. No. You never seen that one. By Tandy? I I don't know if it's Tandy. Yeah, that sounds familiar too. I'm wondering if I have that somewhere. Put the lettering up on the screen when it first starts. It goes, you know, extended color, basic, green background with 3D letters like. And no, I don't it, think I've ever seen that one. It shows like a, a TV with antennas on it, and then it does. Uh, um, it said it's a you know all around demo shows uh, circles and squares and. No, if you if one of you can find that, I'd love to see it because at least from the description, I don't remember that one at all. Yeah, it's a, it's a I think it's basic. 
Okay. I, I've seen a couple of minor demos like Rainbow and stuff published, but I don't. It used to stop. And back in the day, I made it so that would loop. Turn any color you know, TV into an exciting game arcade. Set up and run. Yeah, if you if whatever you can find it, I would love it's to see it because I've, I've not seen that one. Merry not that I recall anyway. This year, right. I needed to give a real family pleaser. But yeah, as far as I know, there was only the uh, the Glenn Soggy one for the Coco One, and then these two for the Coco Three from Spectrum. It's the only official ones like that Richard Ron's Garage episode. Yeah, could be. Watch <laughs> out. Next up, this is a post uh, from Frank uh, Retro Rewind. And uh, I think he's still in the chat, but basically uh, they've opened up a Mastodon channel that's going to be set up for all retro stuff. Um, so that you are, if you're in the general retro community on multiple platforms, you can go there too. And they're going to probably set up some specific things for different machines individually as well. But if you can go to retrorewind.social slash explorer, um, that's the main main channel i'm not i haven't used mastodon so i'm not quite sure how it's organized hopefully one of you guys here has a bit more experience with it what you have never used mastodon nope that's i don't use twitter tw- either never use twitter it's the so. new twitter it's the ones replacing twitter for people who are not happy with the elon musk so it's quite different it's uh you have to you have to have several different accounts for several different servers so it's not like twitter where you're everything is centralized Macedon is everything is decentralized, so you'll have to join multiple. Uh, so it's like Kazaa and Morpheus is what you're saying. Exactly. Yep. Okay. It's definitely so a le- said- it's it's definitely a learning curve. So. Okay. Well, to be honest, for me, Twitter would be a learning curve because I I didn't use Twitter. I don't I don't have any use to microblog stuff, so I just never bothered. I found As you it. probably all know on the show here, I'm way too long winded to cram stuff into just so many characters. <laughs> I blather for hours. Found it. <laughs> Found what? The uh, a video of it. Of the demo. Oh, okay. Uh, when I finish the news here, if you want to get yeah. that ready to go, Ron, we'd love to see it. It's ready. Okay. All right. Next up, we got a actually a fairly good pack of MC10 news. There's four different stories this week. So the first one here, Jim Gary did the Christmas Star and Basic. This is the exact same challenge that Alan Huffman's been doing, and this is Jim's way of kind of crunching bah, it down bah, to five bah. four nines what's that i don't know what that was <laughs> okay but you can see he's kind of created these sub shapes is how he's doing his here so it draws each little chunk and probably has some of the mirroring stuff in there too but basically it's not trying to draw the star as a whole but it's doing little pieces of it as little compressed areas and then flipping them four different ways for the two different axes. So that was his way of compressing it down. We'll have to see if Alan can beat him on his Coco version here on his part five and six of his blog. Ah, uh, Ken, if you're still here and still awake, I will let you explain this. I will mute it so you can talk over it a bit here, but this is yeah, your I'm first Coco related uh, ultimate retro event calendar. So if you want to really explain what the calendar is about and, um, uh, what this episode's about. Okay, so um, over the month of December, I have been doing a string of videos every day that uh, are basically my ultimate retro advent calendar. Out of my collection, what are things I would love to find in a, in a retro advent calendar? And uh, yeah, so I guess this is day 14. I got finally got to my first... Tandy thing, which was uh, my MC10. 
So they're just short, like uh, two, three minute videos every day that I'm doing. And and stopping on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? Christmas Day. Okay. Just like a real advent calendar. The 25th is the day that you open up that has the big prize in it. So I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be, but. No, no, don't spoil it. I do know you were recording these in batches, though. Like, Or did you yeah. record the whole thing already? I'm recording in batches. I've just about finished recording everything, but. Okay. So hey, check out uh, Canadian Retro Things on YouTube. You can catch up on the other ones. And this covers, if you're into general retro, there's, he's done some handheld electronic games. He's done some video game consoles. He's done some books, um, computers, et cetera. So there's a good a variety of, of retro stuff. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the uh, micro color computer never looks yellow. Well, I think Nick explained that, isn't it? They use that other plastic that doesn't do the yellowing that some of the very late Coco 3s did as well. But most of the Coco 3s use the stuff that does yellow. <laughs> I don't know if Nick Morandi's is still here and awake, but uh, he probably knows more details about that than I do. <laughs> He's here. He's just not awake. Gotcha. Hey, right, next up for the MC10, uh, Robert Sieg uploaded this. So there was a question from, I think it was Darren Autry a little bit earlier in the week uh, about doing inverse video for text. And uh, Robert Sieg uploaded a little cassette image on the Facebook MC10 group. You can go download it. And it's a little machine language subroutine that it will let you do the uh, reversing the screen, um, which I believe Jim Gary's actually used something similar, maybe even the exact same code on some of his games too, that uh, he wants the screen to be inversed. Apparently, we shouldn't be inversing, though, because we need more green to heal and, and not feel pain. That's right. <laughs> now, uh, oh, question. Yeah, would there be a um, a badge wire you could do like you do on the Coco? Yeah, one? there's an inverse uh, video the... pin on the VDG, so I'm pretty sure you could do that on the MC10 as okay. well. I'm not a hardware guy. You hardware guys can chip in and tell me if I have that even close to being correct. We just know you're not allowed to solder. <laughs> yeah, Curtis, I think Adrian's one video discussed that one wire. <clears throat> it did. I, I mentioned it on his uh, video there because it's part of that Model 3 repack. But I think on the MC-10, that same trick on that, you can probably put a switch on the inverse pin to flip it between regular and inverse, couldn't you? If you have an upgrade to a Coco VGA ready. Don't know. I haven't had MC10, but it's currently still not feeling well. I haven't had it fixed yet. Okay. Next up, this just got posted this morning, actually. So Simon Jonasson's been doing some fiddling with timing of uh, changing the video register settings and stuff on the VDG, speaking of. <clears throat> where he's trying to simulate semi-graphics, which because semi-graphics on the Coco is based on a combination of the SAM chip and the VDG chip, and they have to be together for that type of semi-graphic stuff to work. So the MC10 does not have a SAM chip, so it doesn't actually do any of this stuff. But he's kind of faking it with timing, I think, where he's changing like the uh, screen resolution or mode or something like that just on the fly every scan line. So here he's simulating SG12. And you can see from the color bars here, he's got the, the dark red from the inverse text video. And then the regular reds, there's basically four different shades and orange and stuff. He's got a nice little color bar that's pretty, pretty cool looking because that's not normally something you'd see on MC10. And then he did a further one here. We actually did it uh, with P mode uh, three. So he's doing the 128 by 192. Now, because of the way the MC10 was designed, the onboard 4K RAM is all the VDG normally can see without some hardware modifications. 
can only see 4K video RAM. And you'll see here, this is basically simulating on an emulator, uh, a non-modified one. So the 4K, which is about two-thirds of the screen down because it's 6K for this, this size of a screen, you'll see it repeats the top of the screen again. And that's because it's basically just wraps around at 4K and goes back to the beginning. Now, if you did the hardware mod, Steve, I know it didn't let uh, we get 8K of RAM on board that the VDG can see all of, then you can do a pop pre-mode 3 or pre-mode 4. But this just kind of shows that the same technique will work to get you a PMO 3 or 4 resolution. So this will give you a 128 by 192, which is, uh, or 256 by 192 if you did PMO 4. So that kind of shows you could get some pretty good multicolor games, kind of like Nick's been doing with Semi Graphics 8, I think you've been using, Nick? If you're back. Uh, 12 in uh, Jumping Joey. Oh, 12. Okay. So that's what this one here uh, above was simulating. Right. So basically, you could try to pull some of the same thing. Now, you have to do a bit more hardware trickery with the MC-10 <clears throat> than is being done on, on the Coco. So you probably can't do like a, a full-blown Frogger with scrolling graphics and stuff. But you definitely could do some really colorful stuff uh, mixing the modes together like this. You're saying you as if uh, you're speaking about me. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely dumping stuff on you because you completely ignored me on the first question I had for you. So. Yeah, I know. I was uh, away from the computer at that point. <laughs> I, I, I heard it, and I thought, oh, it's just crazy. <laughs> so what what are the names of the other tunes, uh, Nick? Uh, there were a few. I've got them written down. There, um, there was a Slim Dusty song by uh, Pub With No Beer, I think was one of them. Um, one, one about a uh, kookaburra, uh, kookaburra in the... Uh, in the old oh, gum tree? Yeah, that's it. The kookaburra. I forget the name of the guy. Kookaburra in the old gum tree. Da, 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 da. I can't remember the words anymore. But there was one other song. Yeah, that, yeah, that one. So it's that. And there was another one. I have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, that Tommy Kangaroo down sport. And I can't remember the third one. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, the Tommy Kangaroo down sport is obviously a Rolf Harris one. And it's pretty well known. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, Kookaburra, we, I remember singing that in elementary school. So obviously, yes, yes. I hate you now. Now it's going through my head over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Australian folk song is Botany Bay. Yeah, yeah. The Botany yeah. Bay. I uh, haven't heard that in a while, but yeah. Wait, yeah wasn't that's, that a Star that's, Trek That's movie? in our sixth grade band <laughs> book, so I hear that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tie that in with the uh, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan movie. So. Oh, right. <laughs> Botany Bay. <laughs> hey, last uh, uh, story for the... Uh, this is a dragon one this time. <clears throat> so Blue Arcus, his real name is Mike, on the World of Dragon forum, has posted a dragon-specific set of Coco SDC utilities, specifically for OS9 and Nitrous 9, for the Dragon 64. Now, it's based on code that was written by both Barry Nelson and Tim Linder, uh, but he's done some reorganization. He had a new uh, SCHD command. He's got a zip file you can download from the Dragon Archive here, uh, which is freely, you can join it for free. Uh, includes source code, so if you want to muck with it yourself, you can. But it lets you do stuff like go through directories on your SDC and mount different disk images while you're inside Nitrous 9, kind of like the SDC and SDC2 commands we've got in ease of use. So it lets you swap without having to like reboot, remount a disk, and then reboot it again back into OS 9. You can actually stay in OS 9 and swap disks to your art content. So if you're a Dragon 64 user that is using OS 9 or Nitrous 9 level 1 and you have an SDC and you want a bit of extra functionality there, 
uh, go grab this. It sounds like it's working pretty good. So, and that's the end of the news this week. And except for Ron is going to show us a demo of a yes. Tandy Coco right. One. Is this pres- Coco Two demo? Coco Two demo. Okay. Uh, Coco Two demo. It says. Okay. Let's. Uh, can I share? Should be able to. Okay. Uh, is there sound too? Just if there is, make sure you yeah, click the share sound. sound. Okay. Let's see. Share sound. Okay, here it goes. Got to get my mouse over there. Come on. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Here it goes. I've never seen this. Really? Nope. I've had it for years. We'll get John to identify that song for us later. That's some kind of bot crap. I don't know. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> I mean, this isn't as technically impressive as the Spectral ones, but the fact that this is what the Coco's basic could do built in without a bunch of pokes is pretty impressive compared to most other 8-bits at the time. Well, this has to be like 1984, right? 83? Well, I mean, this this would have ran an extended basic in 1980, too, so there's nothing changed between the Coco 1 and 2. Right. This is going quite a while so far. Yeah, it's a fair bit to the demo, actually. <laughs> uh, bouncing lines demo. Lines, man. That was one of the ones that ran through one of the basic compilers back in the day. Well, you're supposed to be amazed at this point because there's a beginning. Is there any, well, that's just a video. I guess you don't have the program sitting there. I was going to say, is there any credits as to who wrote it at the beginning? I like don't a RAM or something? Nope. That, that's a good show off for Extended Basic, though, because Extended Basic, I think on most micros, wasn't equaled until the PC GWiz Basic came out. That was the first one that really had like play commands and draw commands and circle and everything Do you else. I think I it. should post that up on the, um, if you've got the disk I, image, yes, that would be good. And then I'll rerun it through MAME so that way I can get a nice clean video up on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. That looks well, vaguely that familiar. Done, that was done in 2017. Oh, that recent? Yeah. Oh, the, the video. You mean the video was made in 2017? The video, program. The video I made. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. It's funny. The little lines demo there was like the first incident of artifact colors. You see, it's the black and white lines <laughs> yeah. demo, and then the red and blue start creeping in just accidentally. Yeah. That would have been cool to know. I, I really wish we could, like, if, if for those who have not watched, one of our very first interviews before the show actually officially started with, with the image producers and Glenn Soggy, who wrote Super Bust Out and a bunch of other things. <clears throat> he wrote a Christmas demo for the very first Christmas that Coco was out in 1980. 
And they was playing it in a lot of the local Chicago Radio Shack stores. And he remembers he was quite proud because he went to go see it, you know, through a store window downtown Chicago. But unfortunately, he didn't keep it. It was on cassette only. It was before disc drives were out for the Coco. And uh, he has not been able to find another copy of it. But it was distributed amongst multiple Radio Shacks in the Chicago area. So anybody listening to this, if you have a copy of that by any miracle, uh, we'd love to see it. I know Glenn would love to see it, too. I don't have any more news, so <laughs> that's the end of that. Thank, thanks for showing us that, Ron, though. I have not sure. seen it before. I'm looking up the program to see if I can find anything. That may have been from the uh, Radio Shack in Rochester. Um, yeah, because you were living there at the time. Yeah. That time period. Yep. Other than that, I think we're pretty well done for the show, except for a big reminder to everybody that uh, the show will be shutting down for the next couple of weeks and then being reborn in the new year as the Coco Nation show. Yes. And, I, you know, I I made a logo and it did make the ballot and I'm a little upset about it. I can, I can show you the logo. It, it, I, I, I spent oh I spent I spent oh I spent Lord. a whole 30 seconds on my phone on that one. There's a reason why that's uh, not in the running. It's not in the running. I mean, <laughs> did it even get submitted? I posted it on Facebook, and uh, you know, but the, the minimum effort <laughs> gets a minimum response. <sighs> Jason, Jason, right, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the a uh, uh, zombie or an apocalyptic edition or maybe even the halloween session oh alan's wow. saying that uh demo that extended basic demo is on the color computer archive it's is called it really? radio shack extended basic demo.zip yep i found wonderful. it wonderful i i thought i've seen that before it's been a long yeah. time but i, remember and I see a few a of us here including jason and myself are wearing our coco talk t-shirts for the yeah. the last official coco talk show Yes, the last uh, official one. Yeah, I should have done that too. Yeah, see, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, and after this, we ritually burn them or what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I told my wife okay. to put it on eBay. She might make Listen, some money on it. Uh, it says when you list it down to forty, it goes uh, Radio Shack RS demo by someone at quote the Shack eighty one. Oh, so it's a nineteen eighty one one. Eighty one. There you go. Yeah. Doesn't have the author's name though, eh? Just somebody at the no. shack. That sucks. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's another elusive Coco programmer like Mr. X. <laughs> I wonder if the one they have at the um, archive says the same thing. Yeah, I'll have to check take a look here. I'd love to get the original author credit because that's fairly early on the Coco's life too. In fact, if I remember correctly, Extended Basic was announced. It was going to be available in November. I think mid-November of 1980, because the Coco came out a few months before, but Extended Basic wasn't debugged and ready by Microsoft yet. And then it got delayed further, and I think the actual first ones actually went out in December or January of 81. So that would have been really pretty quick after. Right after. Out. Yep. <coughs> Neat. So I think the show is done, so we're going to do a traditional outro, but stick around. This is like a Marvel movie where you get extra stuff after the credits. Uh, there's a well, how would you describe it, Mark, without giving too much away? Eye searing? 
Let's give it. No, that's our healing green screen well, you're talking about there. Give it away. <laughs> Put on your jujam. This concludes another episode of Cobra Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Calore computer, MC10, and Dragon systems. For all things Cocoa Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click on the Patreon link on our website, cocotalk.live. Cocoa Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Alan Murphy, Amigos Retro Gaming, Bill Noble, Brian Joyce, Brian Weaver, Curtis Boyle, D. Bruce Moore, Danny O'Connor, David Ladd, Eric Canales, George Jansen, Grant Leedy, James Diffendapper, Jason Riker, Jim Brain, Ken Riker, Ken Waters, Mark Bosley, Mark Overholzer, Mikey Furman, Mr. Dave 6309, Nick Morentes, Nick Morota, Nick Morota, Nick Morota, Paul Fiscarelli, Richard Lorbieski, Rick Adams, Rick Eulin, Rob Inman, Ron Delvaux, Samuel Gimes, Sloopy Malibu, Steve Bjork, Terry Steggy, Tom C., and many, many more. Please help support the Coco community. A list of various contributors and resources are available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The original Cocoa Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. The new Cocoa Talk theme song is copyright 2020 by D. Bruce Moore. Both are mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Coco forever! And there we go. We flipped the switch. Yep. So uh, welcome to the first preview episode <laughs> of the new Coco Nation show, which will be recorded live as it always is under our new name, new channels. Um, new time. New time. It'll be one hour later. Uh, same day, Saturday. It'll be January the 7th. So Make sure to change your bookmark URLs, et cetera, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Facebook, et cetera, to make sure that you're watching the new channel uh, chats and stuff there, too, as well. If you want to share in the chats, so make sure you change your bookmarks. And we're looking forward to the new year. We're looking forward to a whole bunch of new intros and ads and all kinds of stuff based on the new theme of the show. You'll still get uh, the same sorry faces on the on the panel, unfortunately, but uh, can't do too much about that. The train wreck doesn't change. 
Yeah. <laughs> and we're and we're keeping the episode number. Yes. So the next episode will be 294. And uh, get your votes in for the new official logo. Um, we've got a few little preview promos and stuff we've shown in the past with a couple that were submitted early, but there's more that are now available for voting. And you can still submit new ones yet, too. So the deadline for that was what again? The first. Of first the of January. That'll give Six us about a week ago. to try to cram out some new videos and stuff and get it ready for the actual show. Six so thanks to everybody who's been with the show all this time. Um, thanks for supporting us. Uh, a lot of people switched over to the new Patreon already, too, which is greatly helpful for all of us. Um, big when thank did, you to uh, When did each of you guys start on uh, Coco Talk? I started at uh, episode 20. I was on before it became a show. So when we were doing all the special interviews and stuff. Um, Steve interviewed me about me. joysticks, the very first appearance I made. Episode six for me. I think I came out about 84. And that was a mistake. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that the one where he blew up? He went to a uh, nuclear <laughs> meltdown? Yeah, he didn't have enough green screen that day, so he was hurting, I guess. I don't know. That's, uh, I, think it, I think for me it was episode 36. That's even a bigger mistake. Oh, even a bigger <laughs> mistake. Yeah, okay. <laughs> David now, Mark Oberhose, you were here at episode one, weren't you? Yep. So it was David Ladd. Wow. Ooh. Nick Marantes, you were on some of the preview ones, if I remember, weren't you? Like yeah, I was. I don't know what number. I don't know what number it was, but I was there. Yeah. And John, you you would have been a latecomer as on the panel anyway. So. Oh yeah, I mean, probably just maybe a year and a half ago, started hanging around. So, any any episodes that stand out to you guys over all these years? My live streaming. <laughs> yeah, you were standing for that one so uh you're gonna stand for that huh it was yeah if you were sitting it muffled the sound a bit <laughs> let's start forget about the uh uh who is the guy i can't think of his name up there in canada that did the mp oh bill uh, yeah <laughs> bill bill noble bill. yeah if you play if you play the, the the trivia game i made it that's in there the uh barrier to entry and I don't remember what episode that was, but that's there. That was, was one of the questions, along with uh, along with who who uh, who had who rage quit the show, and I think one of the my favorite wrong answer was Captain Meltdown. <laughs> now, just you know, just because we got a couple of people on the a panel we haven't talked to about when they first came on the show, Ricky Ellen, do you remember what roughly what on? your first episode was? It was oh, like I know. Spring of spring of twenty nineteen, we were going to do a "This Is Your Life" and. After about a month or two, it never happened, and so I just kind of subjected you all to it anyway. <laughs> Alan Murphy? hung around. Alan Murphy. He, I have uh, no idea when I first dropped into the chat, and eventually I annoyed Stevie enough that he says, be on the show instead. <laughs> I don't remember when that was. It was sometime before today. I think we're okay. having issues, guys. Guys, we're having issues. Yeah, Where? the chat's broke. Apparently, I'll have to fix YouTube, that. YouTube is uh, is buffering. Uh, Nick, when not, did you come on? Twitter's working. Or Twitch is working fine. Yeah, yeah Twitch is I also fine. heard you say we we're having issues on YouTube and through YouTube. So, hmm. right. Yeah, well, I'm not okay. dropping frames, but uh, the chat is broke though, so I'll have to figure that one out. I just got a chat from Rob Inman saying the show is like Hotel California, so I'm not even yeah, using it the chat at this point. In from YouTube. 
Oh, by the way, Rob Ingman, screw you. <laughs> I saw it. I saw your your comment. <laughs> uh, Sleepy, what was? Do you remember what your first show was? If you're around, apparently not. <clears throat> uh, Ken Waters, you, I, I remember. I'm the one who kind of recruited you to come on, but I don't yeah, remember. Well, how I mentioned. Long ago I actually mentioned that in my video about my MC10 because uh, I released my video about my MC10, and then. Uh, you roped me into coming on as a guest, and then I weaseled my way in by uh, constantly sending Nick Marota um, gameplay videos to show on the <laughs> game on thing. And then uh, when Nick took a break, um, yeah, I filled in for Major him. your move. I made my move. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Nick Marota, I think you also joined from the chat too, didn't you? Yeah. Do you remember roughly what episode number that was when you first came on? I'm thinking it was in the, in the 80s, I think. Nick, you didn't have a um, color computer 3, was it? When you I first started? Any, I didn't have any Cocoa stuff when I started. That's right. No. Yeah, because uh, you were uh, kind of hoping to get it in the mail. and I remember those days. Yeah, I remember you doing your 512K upgrade with assistance from me and Nick Marentes. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah how'd that go? <laughs> it worked. It worked. Did you get another cocoa? <laughs> <laughs> I remember how nervous you were about it. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh sweating bullets, I believe, would be an apt description. <laughs> yeah. yeah, clipping that capacitor. Dun dun dun. I have a tendency to break things when I when I Me too. So you know, another uh, momentous occasion was when we got to saw Nick Morentes instead of his youthful self on the uh, the picture he'd have up and then uh he actually um demoed some stuff on on his actual computer remember that yep nah, actually i'd like to go around the panel it. and ask for some moments from everybody but first i just want to mention one that was mentioned in the chat here so kevin holloway says he started watching when the 8-bit guy was on which is one of our most viewed episodes because of course he's got a huge huge following yep. um, but when he was on for a, a nice long interview he uh brought some viewers that have stayed so that's cool yeah so uh, to, in order of the people that are on the panel, I guess uh, you know, some momentous that can be either something you really enjoyed talking about or something you did on the show yourself or whatever it wants to be. Uh, well, let's just go around the uh, the table here. So uh, Mark Oberhoser first, anything that really stands out to you? All the really notable people that we've had on, um, yeah. Alan Battinger, um, the 8-bit guy, uh, even Franklin Harris. I mean, all these cool people doing stuff now and did stuff then. Um Oh, or the guy uh, that Frank sang Pac-Man Fever. That was one I was not expecting to ever see on our show. Yeah, that was kind of bizarre, too. But Alan Huffman cool. and Stevie arranged that one. That was cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Frank Hogg. Um, who else do we have? Oh, uh, Dibble? Peter? Uh, we haven't had we, Dale no. uh, Lear. Dale Puckett. Or Dale Puckett. Yeah, sorry. That's right. Yeah, we have the OS9 guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We've had some great people from the past and current on. And those Dennis Kitts was another one. Yep. Yes. Yes. Battery kits. Oh, and the uh, yep. and the uh, and the guy from Louisiana that did the uh, did the educational series on public television. Reverend oh, Fuzzy. Uh, Reverend Fuzzy. Yep. Yeah. Fuzzy. Yep. Mayhew. Yeah. I mean, yep. Some of those are some of the best ones I remember. Is yeah. So the those are some of the ones I got on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, That's when you were taking over favorites. all the booking. Yep. yep. <laughs> I just started calling the guys that you know were familiar and, and asked them if they want to come on. And, uh, you know, they go and look at the show, I guess, and then come back to me and say, 
Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come on. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Ron. It was, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Great guests. Yeah. And I was kind of getting swamped with other stuff that I couldn't keep up. So thank you for taking, pulling all that together there. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I'd have to say interviews is probably my favorite thing. Cause I, I obviously I, I, I've arranged quite a few myself and I've, I've, uh, got a hold of a lot of people that I, I talked to back in the eighties and stuff at rainbow fest and I hadn't seen since then. So like Frank Hogg and a few others, Bill Sias was one I always wanted to talk to because I never did figure out what happened to color computer news. So I finally got that mystery solved. Mark Siegel, when he was coming on to talk about, you know, the Coco three development yep. and stuff, that was an awesome one for me. The uh, one other episode would be uh, the one we talked about for years about getting the dragon, getting dragon people on doing a dragon event. So yeah, the dragon, I was going to bring that up. Actually, the dragon event, the MC 10 special, both were really good too, because yeah. we expanded the community and right. started. Steve Bjork was great. Yes, Steve Bjork had a lot of good time on. Yeah, on it's show. too bad we've never been able to get the actual full Steve Bjork interview we've wanted to do, and I don't know if it's going to be possible now. So yeah, unfortunately. Um, I and also just going back into the prehistory, the uh, interview with the image producers because that was uh, you know one of the initial software developers the Coco before it was publicly announced, and we had multiple ones of them. This is before the show officially started, but it's kind of part of the pantheon. Uh, with Glenn Soggy and Del Alger and a bunch of others, but uh, having them actually talk about having like the uh, cocoa motherboard on a piece of plywood in a locked room with a combination that you had to get in to even touch the darn thing and talking about developing super bust out and trying to cram it to fit in 4k. And then you had a bug and you had to expand it to fix the bug and they had to crunch even more to get it out in time. And uh, that was a cool one too. Cause I'd met Glenn a couple of times uh, in Chicago. I, I kind of got in contact with him in the nineties at, at cocoa fest and you actually got him down to come down. So that's one that sticks out for me too. But a lot of the interviews, I mean, I literally every I wonder, interview we've done, I've liked. I wonder if we can't, uh, you know, pull that one up for um, like next week instead of not, not having the show, but just run that or something, you know, for, for when we, we don't show up. Well, I think we're going to try to make the playlist and stuff here for interviews. And we should plug that, that, you know, once the new page is fully set up, we'll have that. But I think the next couple of weeks, we really need to push that people have to get to these new channel names. Like if they try to come to Kogo Talk on January 7th, it's not going to be there. You're not going to be watching live. Yeah. So I think we have to push that the next few weeks. But that's a good idea. I mean, we should definitely tell people like the interviews and stuff. Will you know, well, what you may want to do, what you might want to do, Curtis, um, is do exactly what they're asking to do. But just put an overlay on the screen that runs the entire time while that interview is going on saying, make sure for next week that you you subscribe and you can actually, you know, just put the links right on there, embed them on the screen. So everybody that tunes in will see that. That's not a bad idea. Because here's something I just learned. You have to follow us for a week before you can use the chat. So that's tunable. Right, is that right. is that on is that on Twitch or Facebook or on YouTube Twitch or right now? You have to be there a week, so follow us now, and you'll be good to go. In case the fan bots yeah. come, uh, looks Make like we need to turn now. that on for Facebook or for uh, YouTube, YouTube. Though. Make the jump now. Yeah, that's why it's on on Twitch is to try to auto mod as much possible. So, okay, uh, it looks like we still have like fourteen people on the old channel. You know, we should. Well, I mean, today you have to do that. It's the only way you can chat is to be on the old channel. But you need to be on the new channel. I'm, anyway. I'm on the new Twitch channel. I've been chatting yeah. with people. Well, yeah. yeah, but you've been there a week. Oh, yeah. So about the old, we have 14 people on the old YouTube channel where we're not going to be anymore after oh. Oh. after the beginning of the year. I keep trying to chase them off. Oh, we're <laughs> yeah, down to 13. Get off my lawn. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll, we'll post in the Coco group and reminders and stuff too on Facebook, et cetera. I'll post on the list or, or the the list, I should say, um, for emails and stuff too, too, just so people know that too. But we'll we'll post some reminders. But yeah, definitely if you because of that, you know, uh, limitation of being able to chat for a week um, when you join, join now and you'll be all ready to go. Even if we do decide to do a Christmas or a, sorry, New Year's Eve kind of impromptu chat when joining for that. Anyway, can you go around the table for favorite? Favorite moments here? Um, I don't know if Slippy's back yet. I'm guessing he's probably not. So we'll skip after that to Ron. Did you have any other ones that you wanted to add? No, just, uh, you know, in the beginning, when I had Ron's garage, I went through a lot of my crap. You know, I went through a lot of the systems I had and stuff, and that's all part of it. That's cool. Um, but I'm not good at speaking or whatever. So, you know. You let the machines History. speak for themselves. Yeah, I, I got <laughs> people to come and ask him questions. And, um, Really, the the biggest thing that I like about Coco Talk in the past and, and what we're going to have in the future is, you know, back in the day, we had Rainbow and all these other magazines, and we had people that were, we, we, we consider famous, um, posting articles and um, doing upgrades and do, and and being the, the main guys, you know, and then being able to talk to them and hear them is just awesome you know i i totally agree like dennis kitt steve bjorn dale lear uh rick adams you know that's not replaceable it's just something that you you know people that joined a couple years ago missed all that stuff (laughs) sorry and going to coco fish (laughs) to meet these guys in person yeah but not all of them. I mean, we've had a lot more interviews than we've had at actual Cocoa Fest. I mean, literally, that's mm-hmm. the only communication we've had with some of these people ever. And and, uh, and I've had a lot of photo, uh back and forth with uh, Gimes. And it's not, you know, he doesn't do particularly well, but I guess people like it. And, um, you know, it's just <laughs> something that it, it just came along to where, you know, it, I was always repulsed by it. But the guy, the guy does <laughs> okay, you know. Um, Jason, tell him that, you know, he's, he's a good guy. I like him. Yeah. I, I think that's one thing. The camaraderie we have on the show is, is un, unmatched. Um, we're all genuinely friends in real life. And, you know, we I don't know about that. Cook best. <laughs> really? Well, we, we always exclude you from that kind of stuff, Grant, but I'll <laughs> oh, keep it up and you'll be blocked from uh, Glenn's side, you know, <laughs> that ease of use table might be out in the parking lot. <laughs> That's not easy to use then. Um, uh, next up on the list here on the screen here is uh, John Bodokar Schaller. I obviously haven't watched as many episodes because you'd have to devote the rest of your life just to catch up. But uh, <laughs> since there's six hours an episode, but uh, any favorite, favorite parts from the parts you've seen or been on? Uh, I like every episode where there is no interview. I hate the interviews. I think they're boring and they're long because I didn't grow up. <laughs> Knowing who these people are, I don't particularly <laughs> care what they're Thank doing you. right now. <laughs> the one that really pushed me over the edge was the three-hour endurance RV life guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt like I wanted Scott. To die. <laughs> yeah, that, that one went a little bit off the rails. I'll have to admit because uh, we got. If the funny thing was, some of the people in chat were just like right into it type thing. But yeah, that was. So I, I realized that if you grew up, you know, with these guys, these guys just being names, you know, and you finally get to see them and talk to yeah. them and stuff, it means a lot. But for somebody like me, a newcomer to the Coco scene, oh my God. So um, my favorite parts. <laughs> There's always of the next show, week. <laughs> yeah. My favorite parts of the show are just the regular segments, you know, Ron's Garage, the song, Sam O'Gaim's song. And I just love hearing you guys talk. Um, you know, 
I like seeing the same crowd of people every week talking about the same thing. It's just sort of like it gives me a nice, warm feeling. Um, really? And, and so, yeah. yeah. I need, it sounds, it that could be all your drinking okay. back in the day, too. I'm not sure. Now, uh, I will say that the fact that I'm mostly trashed out of my mind when I watch Cocoa Talk helps. <laughs> but, um, or Coco Nation. But uh, I really do. I mean, this is as often as I can be here, I will be here because I just I really honestly enjoy listening to you guys talk. I think it's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, thank you. And I, I enjoy a lot watching your show because you guys have that camaraderie thing, too, even though you're usually battling each other head to head most of the show. But that, that that's what it's all about. You know, people tune into shows like this. Sure, for the content is part of it, but what brings them back is that the, are the personalities and the yeah. camaraderie and the feeling like you're part of a group. Yeah, it's, it's like a users group meeting virtually, but right. we're actually right. adults and have money now. Right. Yeah. Hey, John, I'm actually yeah. new to the Coco community. I got my first Coco 3 in 19 or 20, 2012 when I got an Apple IIe Platinum game with Coco 3, new inbox. So I'm really new to the Coco community, but I love the camaraderie here much better than the Commodore or the Apple groups. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Coco, Coco people are, are a special kind of people for sure. It's it's part of that nuclear green. It's it's you know when you no longer feel pain. It's calming. I've ranted about they're not ranted, yeah. but I've gone off on this before, especially when you compare it to the Amiga community, which I'm sort of <laughs> more involved in. Uh, the Cocoa community is a million billion times better. They're so much more welcoming and friendly. There aren't factions. People don't hate each other. Nobody's suing each other. So it's more of a more of a family. Why is Alan laughing? <laughs> because the Amiga guys are gonna. Play him for this. <laughs> yes, anyway, but the thing anyway. is, is just because it's true doesn't mean they have a reason to play him. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Amika guys. People will be watching our show. <laughs> yeah, we're too far beneath them. And besides his comma, as far as people getting along, I love pestering Aaron on Saturday nights. <laughs> oh, I know. I hear about it. Trust me, I do. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, just before I get into the next panelist here, I just want to cover a couple that were mentioned here in the chat. I'm going to have to scroll back up because there's been quite a few comments on this. Um, I've got to get out of here, guys. We're getting ready to, to start a, a Christmas party. So thank you all. Okay. I'll see you all next time. Bye. Yeah. Bye, Bye, John. Bye, John. See you, John. So James Jones says, and if you're on a webpage for an Indonesian company that sells coconut products, you're in the wrong place. So uh, if you're checking out for the new channel, <laughs> make sure about that. Uh, then we've got uh, Rob Inman mentions the Glenn Delgren interviews are some of his favorites. We've got three of them. The last ones were more promoting his book than anything, but he did add some extra stuff in there too. And of course, Dave dies. I mean, they we got the kind of the co-interview. That was some of the co-interviews have been a lot of fun, like Dale Lear and Rick Adams, uh, Glenn Delgren, and Dave dies as an example. Um, Those brothers. Sixy, we were just talking about this. Weirdly, I enjoyed the RV guys. <laughs> Um, I did. I did too. But I'm in the RV industry, so I have a. Perfect well, that's the thing. I mean, I think a sign of a good, well balanced show is that you can have somebody complain every every single episode, and you have people right. that love it every single episode. So that you've you know you've covered the bases when you've got you know part of the people are going I didn't like that, but they're fine with the next week because they had stuff they did like. That's what you want. You're never going to please everybody all the time, so don't even try. You just never know what's going to happen next. Well, J Jason's always driving around too, and that's cool. You know, where are you now, Jason? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jason's travel blog on Coco Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Robinman says, "Yeah, you can change the name, but the show sadly goes on." <laughs> uh, Franklin Harris. 
Of course, he's uh, more known in the Amiga than even the Cocoa communities here, although he's the main manufacturer, I think, right now, the Cocoa STC. But he says, uh, yes, time to reevaluate our advertising agreement boat, because, of course, he dissed the uh, Amiga community there. And uh, <laughs> I think that catches up the chat. So the next one on the panel, and it's shifted around since boat left, so i got to catch up here. So, Ken. Yeah. What 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 shows or things segments etc have stood out for you? Obviously, your own segment is the best in the world of everything. Absolutely. But other than that, Actually, I think uh, for me, having grown up with the Coco when I was a kid, uh, getting to be here when some of these interviews are happening of people who I knew about when I was a kid because I played their games and stuff, and now I get to be here while they're being interviewed because I wasn't as much into the Coco community. I never went to any of the shows, so. This is all new to me, getting to actually rub elbows with the people that I really looked up to as a kid. Yeah, and, and since you've been to Cocoa Fest, you've actually done it in person now, too, not just yeah. on the show. So, And then, yeah, just the other people, the, the people on the panel here, you know, the, the not-so-famous people. <laughs> <laughs> the dregs of Cocoa <laughs> Civilization. <laughs> uh, is, there a, is there particular interviews that really stuck out to you, Ken, that uh, you were really keen um, on? I know I'm putting you on the spot now, but I didn't, yeah. Um, well, uh, actually, um, not particular interviews, but uh, just having been through the show, getting to like talk to Rick Adams a bit uh, outside of the show and meeting him at the um, Coco Fest, and because um, of having met him through this show, was because some of Rick Adams' games were just absolute my favorites, so. Okay, cool. Uh, next up, Rick Euland. Any um, favorite parts of the show? or? Well, I've, I've got to go with the last couple of people. It's just talking to the people we used to talk about in the old days. It's just yeah, the names you saw in the magazines. Yeah. Right. Or on the credit Hi, screen of some doing? cartridge oh, yeah. or disc you got you. How's Clyde doing? You know, the famous fly. And, uh, Pat, you've always got cool stuff sitting back there on that shelf. <laughs> well, it's what I, for, what I do for a hobby is Coco. So, which brings up yeah. a good point, uh, Curtis. What interviews do we have coming in the future? I had a couple. I'm trying to organize this. The first one I'm going to try to organize is the Nitrous Nine Part Three, the third decade of the open of, of Nitrous Nine's existence. And I'm trying. There's a whole bunch of people in that list because there's a lot of people contributed to the uh, the current you know uh, repository. Um, I had reached out to Tormod. I know Tormod's been extremely busy, so he hasn't responded back because there's a few people that I've got handle names from contributions they did, but I don't have the real name or their email address. I'm trying to get a few of those, but I do have a few others that I do have. Um, I've got a couple that already said they'll, they'll come on, so I'm just kind of trying to get that organized. Um, yeah, I got it kind of got I'm put on hold it. because of everything we had to switch here because of the name change, everything else. So I kind of put it on hold. I didn't want to try to jam it at the same time we're changing everything else. So It'll be in the new year. We'll get that done hopefully in January. And then after that, I've got a couple others that I've got feelers out for. I'm just waiting to see if I can get some confirmations. But that's that'll be the first one. Cool. And anything else, Rick? Any particular? No, not really. I'm just trying just to keep in up. General? Tell you the truth. Great <laughs> <laughs> show that way. I don't I don't have enough time in the week to cover all the things that the show introduced me to. So it's a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, as, as Nick is fond of so always saying, yeah, I should have picked a debtor computer because we just have no free time left with our hobby. Hey, next up, Jason Reichert. Oh, I'm next. Okay, great. Uh, 
Let's see what hasn't been, what hasn't been said yet. I mean, I mean, could be I a specific a interview we didn't mention because we've done dozens and dozens. Oh, of yeah. them. well, you know, just you know, with like names we've we saw in the magazines all the time. Marty Goodman. There, there was there was yep. some, that was fun. Um, it was interesting to hear hear from him. Uh, I think one of my favorite <laughs> times on the show was the virtual fest we had that. Oh, I long, forgot. Yeah, I should have mentioned that, that. long right. marathon show. That 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 was, it, and it didn't. I forget how long it was. Was it like six hours? Six, oh, yeah, okay, six oh. hours. It oh, did not seem like news. six hours. No, yeah, it did it, not. <laughs> it did not seem like six hours. That was that was that was great fun. That was that was probably one of my my favorite moments on the show. I but, have, but, totally agree. I, I completely spaced that one. I, that should have been in my list too. I'm glad I had something to bring up that someone hadn't else hadn't brought up. Elsewise. So that's, that's good. I'm glad you forgot Curtis, but uh, you know, and then just, you know, as far as getting into, you know, getting into the show and that got me to Coco Fest that ended up getting, you know, getting my, getting my brother back into the Coco world. Yeah. And Cause you and your brother, actually, you guys published some stuff through uh, well rainbow and world of six state micro. So you guys were active in the nineties, both of you. <laughs> right. Uh, he, yeah. Ken did have some things in Rainbow and World of 68 Micros. I had some things in World of 68 Micros. And uh, I think maybe right at the end of the TND run, I, I had I had a program in there. It might have been like the next to the last issue, but, uh, you know, those sort of things. But, yeah, that, so it's 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 been fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to going into the new year with the new name and the uh, the new well, channel. In time, you've you've uh, showed us quite a bit of stuff that either you've made or um, stuff that you've gotten in the mail. You know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if it wasn't for this show, there would be no switcheroo. I mean, that that's and all the other Australian themed names that just kind of went along with it. And yeah. you, you either like the joke or you don't, but it's just a running theme, and I'm I'm kind of stuck with it now. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> okay, well, thank you, Jason. Thanks for bringing up the uh, the virtual Cocoa Fest because that was that was a really good one, and I think that really helped the community as a whole because we were really missing the fact there was going to be no fest at all, and then we saw that COVID was just going to start lasting longer and longer because originally nobody had an idea if this was going to be over in a couple months, and we just kind of shift things a little bit, but it turned out to be a worldwide pandemic for the first time since just after World War One. So that that really helped the community and a lot of us individually, I think, to get that kind of camaraderie going right when we needed it the most and there's a couple other ones too don't forget that i don't actually you're next up next grant so go ahead okay no problem (laughs) i was the one i was thinking of was the one down in australia that uh nick went to and gave a little tour of uh i think it was like the very beginning Uh, that was an apple uh, fest yeah yep exactly and then 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 don't forget the dragon ones too that we did overseas uh those are yeah we got a couple of those those are my two favorite ones as well. So the Australian one's actually one of my favorite ones too, because that was when the commercial, I think was it Rob Inman that did the yeah. commercial. And that was your first live reaction. You were just killing yourselves as the rest of us were. Yeah, laughing. I remember that. That was <laughs> that was actually the opposite for me. Everyone <laughs> saying how good it was. <laughs> you asked me, what's your most unmemorable? Yep, that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also with, with oh, well, we'll get to Nick in a, a bit here, but uh, or is he next? No, it's uh, Mark Bosley's next. So, Mark, uh, your first really time wouldn't... hosting it, right? That's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's certainly been a learning experience. <laughs> Still so, is. 
yeah, we still got to try to find the right button. Sometimes it don't work. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really pretty much what's already been said, you know, the camaraderie, um, I mean, I wasn't, uh, I took, you know, took a long break from, from Coco, but I still, still had everything. And, um, I'm trying to remember back. Um, Did you start back in the day back in, you know, the early eighties or. Yeah. I, I worked for Radio Shack. Oh, uh, I was, uh, I worked at their uh, computer service center we had here in town. So I, I was fixing them back in, you know, everything from the model one all the way up through, uh, the early, uh, P- PC machines, uh, back when they were, uh, current. Uh, but, uh, but you know, Coco actually had to, Coco three really kind of had to start afterwards after I'd left that, that job, but the Coco uh, twos. Yeah. I had while I was still working there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was looking to, you know, kind of poking around to see what was, you know, still happening in the community and, you know, came across us, Stevie's channel, watched for a bit and then came on. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's the, the get together. They're like the meeting replacements. Yeah. Like the old users meetings, user group meetings back mm-hmm. in the day. Yep. Yeah, Cause I yep. used to go to those all the time here. Yep. And plus yeah, he loves it when I come to town too. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're you're cold, Scran. He loves it when you leave town afterwards. <laughs> yeah, because when I leave town, there's no more tornadoes. That's a sigh, <laughs> sigh of relief. I'm safe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next up, uh, Robert Allen Murphy. So I put it in the chat a little while back, uh, just like Coco Man. Um, I think for me, the best episode that represents everything going on with Coco Coco Talk, Coco Nation, community in general, was the virtual Coco Celebration when Coco Fest couldn't run. Everyone just said, you know what, we're just going to keep doing something together anyway. And, I mean, that's kind of where this show starts and ends. And this is, I mean, this is what we do every week just because we want to. And that six hours was the entire planet. I mean, there was presentations from all over. Yep. And, and, and yeah, like everyone said, it was just a, almost effortless, you know, so much effort went into it, but it was, you know, Whoa, it's already over, but it's been quarter of a day. What? Yeah. That was fantastic. And I I think it really shows what we're supposed, what, what we're, what we're about, what we're up to, you know, we're here to have fun. And we're here to hang out with friends, even friends we haven't met yet, like in the forms of interviews and stuff, or people that we didn't know, but we wanted to. So, yeah, I mean, I like all the shows. That's why even though I don't participate a lot on the stream, I like sitting in the the Zoom just to hear all the stuff that goes on. You know, it's it's like being there in the room with the user group. And then, you know, trying to pick just one episode out of that, uh, the, the retrospective episode at 200 was cool. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we forgot about that one too. Yeah. We <clears> sat down <throat> and went, oh, okay. You know, well, what did we think so far? And then here we are coming up on 300, you know, whoever yeah. even imagined that. So, <laughs> you know, me. And, and yeah. of course, the, the one, uh, one clip of me was, uh, the cat making a, uh, mess. <laughs> on your, on your bed. That ranks right up there with the uh, the Grant Leaky, yeah, <laughs> and the, and the meltdown. Yep. 
So Def yeah, Con, Def Con five. I mean, don't pick one. There's lots of highlights. Yeah, there's a elevator <laughs> problem we had. The- well, you, you figure our shows average. I mean, they're a bit shorter at the beginning. They're probably close to the two, two and a half hour mark. But we're averaging about three, three and a half now times 300. And we've had you know multiple ones that are four, five, and six. Ironically enough, going through the, uh, the counts of views there, the longest episodes do the best on average. You take the top 10, over half of them are over four, four and a half hours. So that just seems to be people are just clamoring for more cocoa content. But uh, we had 140 something issues of Rainbow, and we now have twice as many episodes of Cocoa Talk, soon to be Cocoa Nation. That's nice. I did not realize that. And we do we, but how many programs did we have that you have to key in by hand? (laughs) (laughs) We we did do the virtual cassette load over the air, though, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, I think I think someone got to the point where they got the name and then got an IOR. I think that's about yeah. as far as it went. Yeah, we well, tried we that tried. once, only once. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Curtis. That's how you do it live. Hey, Curtis, yeah. I took uh, Brian Joyce's numbers for the first 199 episodes. I think it was 639 hours, something like that. Anyway, I divided it out and it came out to three out, 3.21 hours per episode. So we averaged just a little, almost three and a quarter hours. And that's episode. Which, which episode range? That was the first one, one through one ninety nine. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a bit longer since. You, you know, so how many days would it take you to watch all those episodes? Then uh, I think there were six hundred thirty nine hours, and, if I remember right. And ironic, yeah. we are at the three hours, three and a quarter hours mark for today's episode right now. We are, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> could average. watch all those episodes over again, but we don't recommend it. No, <laughs> actually, I have gone back and watched a couple of them. There's a couple of the interviews, yeah. especially the earlier ones, I've kind of forgotten details and i have actually gone back to rewatch some of them just to like sometimes i'm researching for my game site and i'll remember you know so and so said something about this game but i can't remember what he said so i'll have to go back and watch it so if you do three hours on average per episode divide that by uh you know for 293 episodes it will take you 36 days to watch 37 days actually full days so 37 I'm full sure. days then there's, there's some trip. sort of international law that says you can't do that. That's <laughs> that's about the average length of the drive for me and Ken to come down to Cocoa Fest and then nip off to Boat Fest. So I think we'll uh, we'll queue it up and yeah, this year considering the route you guys take, you know, I'm going to go to Chicago via Florida from <laughs> from Western Canada. Yeah, that, that makes sense. All right, who's who's next? Uh, the next one up is uh, Nick Morantes. Oh. Okay, so uh, what was the question again? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, basically, yeah, um, the Coco is, uh, well, there's nothing better on TV, is there? So uh, I just <laughs> pretty well <laughs> come and watch the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're the dedicated one here because you come on really early in the morning. Yeah, you're probably going to like this one-hour shift. Four in the morning or something. Yeah, it is. It, it, four in the morning. And you're always uh, a day ahead. Well, good good news. That's It'll right. be five in the morning next year. You would think yeah. I'd know ahead of time whether it's going to be a crappy show, but I still roll, <laughs> I still roll up. It's basically the way I see it is uh, as it's been mentioned before. It's basically a big international uh, Coco Computer Club meeting. It's mm-hmm. where like-minded Coco nuts get together and talk, and uh, that's. I mean, I grew up in that sort of environment. Um, or frog products 80s, for Ferraris, you know. yeah, exactly. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, back in the 80s, I always dreamt of being a Coco programmer. You know, when you were a little kid, you think, 
you think, oh, yeah, I'm going to become a millionaire. I'm going to become a, a cocoa programmer, blah, blah. Well, okay, that never happened. But um, here I am now in retirement, and basically I'm going back to my roots. I'm still trying to be a cocoa programmer, <laughs> and I'm still trying to become a millionaire. <laughs> but now so, you're admired by a, a chosen few. <laughs> That's right. People don't, they don't, they don't, I don't get people spitting at me now. <laughs> No, you, but, you, yeah. prob- you probably sl- slept more on our show than anyone. Yeah, no, it's quite uh, quite uh, uh, relaxing. relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, uh, Alan is suggesting our new tagline for Coco Nation. He's going to steal it from you, Nick. And it's uh, there's nothing better on TV than this. So watch this instead. There you go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and our final one that's still on the call right now, um, Mr. David Ladd. Oh, boy. <clears throat> well, oh boy, all right. <laughs> time to get sentimental. Well, um, I'd say the whole show, just because it's where can you be where everybody accepts you for who you are? Yeah, even how annoying you can be. <laughs> it's, it's not here, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nick. No. But, but, but as far as certain programs i guess i'd have to say like um the assembly programming series uh you know like steve york stuff and and um George the other gen- and- yes yeah. it's it's a uh, um because assembly is always one of those things that most people want to strive for when they start with basic to try to get their games or programs you know their stuff to be faster and 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 stronger and assembly is the way to go and it's just seeing all the educational stuff the things that you can learn from the episodes yeah even um, stevie did some like basic programming series too so yes he did and, and we want to continue ex- that tradition with like you know basically nine or c or stuff like that as well and and the news articles about alan huffman's basic optimizations with certain tricks he's been finding over the years so it's just all just pretty much all of it it's just you know what uh, another thing that's cool sometimes is uh you know in your travels as having a color computer and then finding out little tricks and tips about if it's operating the machine or running programs or if it's um you know um how to Building hardware, Fireworks. yeah, any of that stuff is is like uh, worth gold, you know. Because um, sometimes you just run into a brick wall and you just don't know where to go. And sometimes, uh, you know, if you go and Google something, you don't know how to word it properly to get the right answer. But here, somebody usually has an answer, and it's really good. Yeah, and remember, don't run into the brick wall too much in Daggerath or one of our featured games here because you pass out and die. So. <laughs> I think the best thing I've heard on the panel going through everybody here, I mean, the fact that there's a variety of things that people have liked, and I think that just shows the diversity of the community. There's a lot of, you might be interested in only certain parts of the uh, the cocoa as a whole. You mean like WeFax? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if we're gonna if we're gonna name our least favorite parts of the show, Ron, like you did earlier, I'm gonna go with okay. WeFax. Okay. <laughs> Or John, he hates all the interviews we've done. Uh, 
But yeah, the fact that the, the Koka community itself is diverse and our show tries to reflect that in being diverse with a lot of different things. We're get, covering programming languages, we're covering hardware, we're you know doing virtual Koka Fest, we're doing interviews, uh, tutorials, all kinds of things that no matter what part of the Koka you're into, and not everybody's into everything, uh, that we've got something for you at some point. It may not be this particular episode, it may be the next one, but you know, stick around. There's 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 stuff that you will like. I think that's and our we have strength. David Ladd. Yeah. Oh Lord. Yep. Yeah, may, maybe we should do a uh, virtual um, Coco Fest on opposite of uh, our Coco Fest. Like you know, since it's in you know uh, spring, April. Yeah, we would do like uh, about the time of. Um, well, that that kind of be when Tandy Assembly is. So I think that would yeah. be a bit of a conflict. Well, yeah, but this is. Uh, virtual cocoa fest is for people that can't make it to i mean that's the big thing because sometimes it costs a bunch of money to travel and you know rooms and that's the way i look at it anyway yeah i just got a notification from nick morota said he's already had to bail he was having some tech issues so i was hoping to get some uh information from him is what he, his favorite parts of the show were as well so nick if you want to try to quickly you know jump in and see if your tech issues will go away long enough to uh kind of give your reminiscences oh i just got something from mark seal too about something i said earlier extended basic i'm sure he's going to correct me on <laughs> that was <laughs> what did you do Let's see here I gotta find it first. I got a few notifications came in here, so let me find it here. It's too uh, bad Steve isn't here because he could probably put his two cents in. Yeah, I mean, he helped create the show. I mean, and we it wouldn't have, have happened if it wasn't for show. him. Yeah, that would be a six-hour show. <laughs> yeah, this way it'll only be five and a half. Um, so Mark said, I heard you say extended base was not available until 1981. That can't be right. I had a Coco one with extended basic in 79. Datasoft got five more machines in 79 with extended basic. That's, I mean, if you look at the Radio Shack catalog, it actually says extended basic available in November, whatever, 1980. So I, I know it wasn't available at the start. That's also when they had the half done color basic manual. Um, well, he, now he, he might have had he might have had preview copies of it. Well, right, he probably knew people, and yeah, and he was in the right place to pick it up. Yeah, like Glenn Soggy and them obviously had some stuff too before it was officially released. I'm just talking about the official release there, but yeah, some of the developers have probably would have had it earlier. And then Brian Schubring sent me some stuff here. I don't know if it's related to the show or not. Oh, he's asking how to join the Coco Nation because he doesn't have the right connection, you know, for the old uh, Zoom. So, um. Hit us up on Discord, or is there somebody that's kind of handling the Zoom thing that uh, we can have an email that people can come to, and we'll we'll send the credentials over? Is that uh, anybody kind of set that up, or wants to be the point person on that? I'll help if it helps. Wasn't that more Terry? What's the question? He wants to I'm glad Glenn's paying attention to the show he's on. Um, Sorry, I was doing Glenn side work. <laughs> Well, I got a question from Brian Sherbring. He asked to me in, in private Discord. Uh, he says, hey, Curtis, how do I join the panel going forward for Cocoa Nation? Because obviously the we're on the new Zoom. This is the first show we're doing with the new Zoom address. So that'll be changing for us. So anybody has been on the show before. We'll need to get the new credentials and password. So who should oh. they contact and how should they contact them to get that information if they want to join in? Uh, 
You mean the new Zoom link and the password yeah. to get onto Zoom? Uh, probably any of us would be fine. Okay, there you go, Brian. Just contact any of us. I mean, you just contact me, <laughs> so I guess I'm stuck with it now. Tell, yep. tell Brian I'm I'm going to send him uh, a link. I'll send it to him. Okay. Yeah, because I'm assuming, and my theory is, if you have been validated by one of us on the panel, you're probably going to be a good person to get that information to. Yeah. So, for those so, of you who on the audience who made me join the show later and are wondering why we're even bothering to do that, is because we've had some bad trolling. Uh, a few years back, we had some people who come in with a bunch of racist stuff and all kinds of things. They just popped into Zoom. But this is during the early part of the pandemic when Zoom didn't have any lockdown passwords, et cetera. And it it was a uh, it was bad. It was really bad. So we don't want. We that even had porn again. at one point. I remember. Yeah, they, they were doing to us what they were doing to the uh, public school uh, lesson plan. Lesson. Yeah, plan. it was called Zoom bombing. Is what Zoom it was bombing. Called. Yeah. So that that's the reason we have that is to prevent that from happening again because it all was right. but, uh, it happened a few weeks. I, I want to know who gave David Ladd the password. I think it was you, Jason. Listen to me, because I just had to find the password like 10 minutes before show. I'm going, oh, it's different now. Nah, I still think it was you, uh, Jason. No, don't blame me. Don't blame me there, Grant Leakey. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, shut up, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Grant, you're not going to do any live streams on, on the new name, are you? Nope. Those are all in the past. Well, I sent it to him, so she he should be coming up here shortly. Yeah, if he's if he's ready to join in, I wouldn't mind getting his his thoughts on the show because he kind of joined a bit later, but I've known Brian since like Rainbow Fest, never mind Coco Fest. So I've been seeing him in Chicago every year since well, like when, 1991. Didn't, sorry he for him. didn't he demo that music program? Yep, Ultimus. He did a great job. So, Brian, I, you said I'm listening still. So, Brian, if you want to join the panel and give us your favorite parts of uh, Coco Talk slash the Coco Nation, reflecting on on the, the past of the show here before we reboot in the new year, uh, feel free to join. Ron DeVos sent you the uh, credentials to get into the Zoom call. So, in, in Messenger on Facebook. Oh, in Messenger on Facebook, I guess. Yeah. The Coco Nation train wreck is, Brian on is over. And we welcome you to the last surviving <laughs> Join us on the Coco Discord. I think I'll over here too because he's definitely active in Discord at the moment. Just in case. okay. Maybe a bit faster. And and Nick Morota, if if you if you have any possibility coming on, I'd like to hear your your thoughts as well. Now, one thing that uh, the Coco Nation train wreck is over, and we welcome you to the last surviving car. That's one thing we didn't join us on the Coco Discord server. This concludes another episode of the Coco Nation, the world's leading live interactive talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things the Coco Nation, visit us on the web at. TheCocoNation.com. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, or even segments via email to show at TheCocoNation.com. The Coco Nation show would not exist without the community and its cast and crew. The Coco Nation theme song copyright 2022. D. Bruce Moore. Mixed guys and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Oh, and Terry's joining too. Terry Steggy. So we're going to get a couple of. Uh, so Brian, you go first. You you got on just seconds before Terry did, so you get you get the floor first. 
Okay. What do you want me to comment on again? Uh, basically, what what is your favorite, you know, episode or interview or part of the show? Uh, you know, as, as the show. Oh, it's nine of course and music. Oh, it's nine all the way, baby. Hold I up. There's <laughs> apparently the outro is playing over. Oh, everything. sorry. It's it's. I stopped it. I didn't realize that was going out. <laughs> Yeah, they okay. haven't heard Sorry, anything. Brian. So, go ahead. And they also yeah. said it's really loud. So when you do get up to the outro, there, uh, Mark, make sure the volume's turned down. All right. Yeah. I just, I just uh, detached from Twitch, so should be a little bit better now. <laughs> All right. So what do you um, like? About yeah, it's best segment, the whole thing. How's that? <laughs> I can accept that. Any any particular favorite episode or interview or something? Um. Jeez, I, I go back so far, uh, just like you. <laughs> um, when, did you when did you start on Coco Talk? Uh, Coco Talk was, geez, about three and a half years ago, I think. Almost, was that? Yeah. Yeah, what, what episode do you think you picked up on? Um, was it 90 or was it like 130 or something like that? Okay. So it was, was, I thought it was like 98, but I might be wrong in that. But Well, here we are almost at 300. Yeah, I saw. So are we (laughs) going to redo the uh, counter with the Coco Nation? No. Good for me. We're continuing the show. It's just got a new name, some new graphics, same panelists and same. Yeah, I I saw that. It's Same like comic books. They game. sometimes rename comic books. They've done this lots of times. They continue the numbering on. So, oh, so is this going to be like the Sp- uh, Spider Verse, and we're going to be different uh, universes? <laughs> <laughs> we could. We did the you know the the Marvel Universe you know uh, e- extra trailer after the credits type thing earlier too. So, <laughs> kind of fits. Uh, Terry Steggy, yeah. you just joined us, and you've been actually instrumental in getting the oh. new show coming up on January seventh off the ground. So, what uh, what favorite memories of the uh, existing show do you have? Oh, I I've really enjoyed all the uh, um, I guess camaraderie more than anything. Everybody here's been awesome with helping each other, and um, as far as a favorite part of the show, um, I love all the news. Curtis, you do a great job bringing everything together uh, every week. Uh, thank you for that. And I don't well, know. I were, uh, you, were you in Coco way back? I was. Yeah, my I started with a Model One, but I got a uh, a Coco Two uh, for Christmas from my parents. Gosh, eighty. Would that have been what eighty four? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think it was 84, something like that, 83, 84. But um, as far as me on Coco Talk, I started, I think it was episode 190 is when I I got on. And uh, again, thank you all you guys for all you've done and and, uh, helping this community move forward. Yeah, and and thanks again, Terry, for, uh, you know, picking up the torch here and, and, you know, helping us transition yes. to the new show you've done a lot of work on that behind the scenes of it. well i don't it's know about that, appreciated. thanks <laughs> probably screwed up more than i've helped <laughs> well your black machine is a star in the show 
Yeah, the Darth oh, yeah. Vader Coco. Yeah. Yeah. I have the Vader Coco. I love that thing. <laughs> hey, Brian we're still waiting for that Ag Vision, though, thing, I gotta got to say. So we're saving that for the new year. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> do you think you'll be ready to do that on the 7th on our first show back with a new title? I am really hoping to be, yeah. Um, it's been kind of nuts here trying to get ready for Christmas and babysitting my grandkids at the moment. So I, I won't be on long, but I wanted to just say hi and thank everybody. So, Well, just remember, if, if they go running around the house and they hurt themselves, just put them in front of a green screen to heal them. That's what we said in <laughs> right. science articles. So. Go away. Been proven. <laughs> Now, when you're not on, do you listen? Do you have it on in the background? I normally do, yeah. When when I can hear it over kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Thanks a lot. Well, hey, Brian, thank you, guys, again. We probably shouldn't have said all those things about him before. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I got on, Nick? <laughs> Crikey! It's okay. We'll fix it in post. Yeah, we asked I think him that might deserve it. Maybe some crushing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's everybody. It doesn't look like Nico Maruta will be able to get back on, unfortunately. I would like to hear some of his thoughts on that, too. But uh, I want to thank everybody on the panel. I want to thank people that were on the panel earlier and had to go. Um, thanks for making Coco talk what it is and was. And, and thanks for carrying forward with us with the new show in the new year, the Coco Nation, which will be starting on January 7th. Note the time change. Note all the URL changes for YouTube and Twitch. Um, there's a separate Coco Nation Facebook page you can look up, a uh, separate page on Twitch, etc. on YouTube. Uh, we'll put some stuff up uh, kind of playing on the channels to remind people here over the next few weeks because I know a lot of people are busy with Christmas stuff. They may not be around to even watch us until it's too late to know that it's moved. Uh, remember the time change. It'll be going to one hour later. This is just so that Nick can sleep in the extra hour, so it's only five in the morning. Um, Thanks. So what, what time is it Eastern? <laughs> Um, two, two, two o'clock Eastern. PM. Same as same as it used to be a year or two ago, actually, or a couple of years ago, wherever it was. It'll be noon, my time. Uh, yes. So we should all drink to um, Stevie Strode setting, setting us all up and being kind enough to stay this as long as he did. Yeah, I don't have any coffee left, so I can't yeah. really toast here, that. But here it is to you. <laughs> But yeah, th thanks to Steve for starting the show, getting that first interview with yeah. me that kind of kick-started the whole thing, covering Coco Fest the first time. Uh, yeah, he, he was instrumental to doing the basic series, uh, tutorial He's series. A and wild stuff. and crazy guy, especially yeah. with that hair of color of his on occasion. Well, which, you, which you can't tell what it's going to be week to week. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, big, big thank you for Stevie, because obviously none of this would have happened otherwise. I mean, we just originally planned on covering Coco Fest. That was pretty well. It wasn't going to be a show or anything like that. And then we got some interviews under our belts, and things kind of spiraled from there. Yep. Downhill. <laughs> now, we, <laughs> yes, like, now we all don't have yeah. Saturdays anymore. Yeah. Now we all don't have social lives because our entire Saturdays are taking up the Coke. Yeah. Coco Talk slash the Coco Nation. So yeah, even, even my mother, she goes, Oh, that's right. You have your show. I'll call yep, you. My later. mom does that too now. <laughs> Okay, I know not to call you during the hours of uh, 11 in the morning till some random time when we're done. <laughs> you want to come on the show? She goes, what do I know about Coco's? <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody keep calling my name a couple times. Who was that? Oh, that was me, Marco. 
basically, I figured out three and a half years ago is 182 episodes about, and subtracting from the current number, that makes it about 112. Okay. Just for the record. Cool. And that was between your first number and your second number. So, you and how did. are you doing? Are you feeling all right, Brian? Yeah, I'm fe- feeling good. Actually, went out, did a lot of walking, and whatnot, uh, doing shopping with my wife. And that last uh, Saturday, my company had a Christmas party at the Museum of Science and Industry. And boy, was that a riot. <laughs> you enjoyed it, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I went out there Texas style. <laughs> Black hat, you know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're better. Yeah. Well, it's, just had to get things corrected. And now the ticker's ticking proper. Good. I know the feeling. Hmm. Yeah, a few people on the panel do. Yep. Except Graham, we don't care about his arm. Just wait till you get the uh, badge of uh, honor with the nice big long scar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that the is that what they call the zipper club? Yep, got one. Yep. <laughs> and I got a little one where they took my thyroid out. Hmm. I'm less of a man today. You're just halfway to being bionic. <laughs> today on Scar Talk. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good place to wrap it up before we go any further yeah. down that, that yeah, line. Please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so hey, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody in the audience, all the people in chat. Um, thanks, David Ladd, who's trying to interject a point here quickly. So go ahead. I was going to say the extended color basic demo is now online again. Right. <laughs> oh, so now we know what you were up to. Why, yes, make it, make it so it loops. So, anyway, I think that's it for today's show. Thanks for letting us reminisce as well as having the regular part of the show. Uh, we look forward to meeting you all in the new year under the new name, new channels, new time, and uh, same old excitement about the Coco. Okay. All right. Wave bye. bye. Say bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. See you in two weeks. Sorry.